0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Livestream. Joining me tonight, good friend of the program, Nate Kane. You know him as, of course, the Uranium One whistleblower. And You also may know him as a current candidate for Congress in West Virginia. If you're in the state of West Virginia and uh, Nate might be representing you, I'd love to hear from you tonight. I want to know what is the greatest issue or issues that are facing your state. I've got some ideas on things that need to happen there. I'm really excited to hear what Nate wants to do. And I think that uh, as we have attempted in the past... It is so vitally important to get real America First patriots, people who will truly represent the will and, uh, and the needs of the people into Washington, D.C. Nate is, of course, one of those people. And I hope that between now and 2024, we get the chance to meet many, many more. If you are running for office, whether it's at the local level, like a county or city, state or like nate federal please reach out red pill 78 at protonmail.com or you can go to my website redpill78news.com all right good evening everyone welcome back to the program and please join me in welcoming our guest for this evening nate kane nate how are you buddy hey i'm doing great it's good to be on awesome well it's a it's a pleasure to be able to have you here as always and uh, as I was saying in the introduction and as everybody probably remembers, uh you had announced that you were going to be running for candidate or for Congress in West Virginia. That actually is in full swing. And uh you know, I'd like to start off by asking uh what you have learned about this process since you began. Anything that surprised you, uh anything that you expected, perhaps uh efforts to derail you.
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've always uh, known that um, getting into this race uh, was going to bring some opposition. Um, To be honest with you, it was one of the reasons I was kind of, you know, reticent to get involved in politics. Um, You know, I spent a lot of time praying about it and uh, and felt that this is what the Lord wanted me to do. But um, otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this because uh, it is an extreme amount of effort. And work um, that may or may not pay off, and uh, you know, I'll tell you, we have uh, my wife and I. My, I made my wife my campaign manager, and I'm so glad that I did because uh, we're getting man. to spend yeah, we're we're getting to spend lots of time <laughs> together. I knew I knew if I hadn't done that, uh, uh, you know, it would probably turn her into my enemy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, we are we're getting lots of time together, and we are hitting the road. Um, you know, pretty much every afternoon evening. Um, like I think this month we have on our schedule to hit 18 counties and those are different meetings and where we will be talking to people, shaking hands, uh introducing ourselves. You know, I'll be talking about my, you know, my plans and uh the things that I'm running on, uh the issues that are critically important to me and that I believe should be important for you know the American people. And then also um talking about you know the things that I think that I can do to help West Virginia in particular. Um so there's a lot going on. Uh, one of the things that has been a b- big surprise, to be honest with you is you know, when I first decided to run, um, really all I knew of West Virginia for the most part, you know was was the Eastern Panhandle. I mean, I've been all over the Eastern Panhandle and really hadn't explored um, you know much of the western you know part of uh, West Virginia or even um, you know what they call the Potomac Highlands, which is a very mountainous you know region, um, part of the Appalachians uh, where there's a lot of agriculture. And as so, I've gone Nate, around, Nate,
0: Nate, Nate, before you continue, I, I'm not all that familiar with West Virginia outside of you know knowing that the the mountains are there. You know, it's it was a big coal state. Obviously, they uh, mm-hmm. they destroyed the coal industry. So I know that there's a, a, a lot of economic impoverishment, and 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 people right. are are not necessarily in a good place financially how does that uh, eastern panhandle differ in terms of demographics and uh, and the layout of the state uh compared to the western portion you're talking about
1: sure well a lot of people here in the eastern panhandle i would say are in a situation like my own which is that they work you know either in northern virginia or washington dc and they commute but now with covid you know it's it's Pretty much um, you know, most people I think now have the option to work from home a lot, and especially those that are in the IT fields. Of course, there's, you know, retail and um, you know, and other business, you know, that is uh construction and things like that that, you know, are, are um doing well. And there's just some new uh looks like some manufacturing and stuff like that that's going to be moving into the eastern panhandle. So you know, one of the largest populations is here, uh, you know, in uh the eastern panhandle in Berkeley County, which is the county I live in, uh Martinsburg. But there it is very different, Um, you know, when you go, you know, out into the mountainous, you know, the, the Appalachian area, when you get over into what they call the Potomac Highlands, um, it's a, you go up a mountain, you're going up a mountain, and then you go down into what they call a holler and there's nothing but yeah. cattle, you know, and then you go up a mountain and down and you're in another holler with, you know, cattle everywhere. and And it is I was surprised I didn't realize we had such a large beef industry here in West Virginia. Um, we've also, uh, we have a, uh, in the, in the center of the state, you know, where they call mid state, um, we have a technology corridor, you know, it's not huge, but it is growing. Um, it's, uh, south of Morgantown and, and north of, um, you know, Clarksburg in that area. Uh, we have a, a lot of industry and manufacturing in that area, but then as you start to go west of there, it becomes very clear because as you look around, you begin to see, Um, you know, natural gas, uh, you know, uh, plants, or you see, you know, oil, oil rigs, uh, or oil uh, uh, derricks. And you begin to realize that oil and coal and gas are a huge part of the economy in the western part of the states. And it makes sense, because you have um, what's called the Marcellus and Utica um, uh, shale oil, you know, uh, flats, basically, that are underneath the, the ground there. And it has uh, opened up, you know, an enormous amount of energy. But, of course, that, you know, that form of, of energy, the petroleum industry has, you know, been under attack by the Biden administration. And so, right, you know, what what a lot of people had seen as the promise, you know, of future jobs for West Virginia has been shut down by, you know, the Biden administration. And, and in the area where it has been hurt the worst, all of that, um, you know, oil and gas and coal, you know, it was really, um, opened up actually by, you know, the famous, uh, you know, Democrat, uh, Rockefeller, uh, uh-huh. who came to West Virginia and ended up, you know, basically opening up that industry. And you had, a and the type of coal that is brought out of the ground here is a very unique and very high quality. It's the kind of coal that's used in the steel industry and things like that. And so, um, I-
0: I know that, uh, from from what I understand too, uh, uh, many of those communities that you find, like in those valleys and those hollers, I mean, they were set up exclusively to bring yeah. in uh, workers who who could extract these things from the ground. You know, whether it's oil, gas, Correct. coal, or whatever it might be, and, and the the devastation that uh, these communities have seen as a result of these industries getting shut down and continuously attacked by the left, and even you know a fair share of people on the right. Um, you know, I mean, this is what has uh, essentially sunk West Virginia in many places into a deep depression. Right. And,
1: and we have a problem in the state, too, in that we're a what's called a taker state, um, meaning we take more federal money and subsidies than we put, you know, than we pay tax wise into it. And, right. you know, while that that may be attractive to some people. Um, you know, and, and of course, if we were in a situation where we had no no other option, then, you know, maybe that would be OK. But it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and in fact, we have like some of the largest stores of natural gas in the world right here mm-hmm. in West Virginia. Um, we have so much natural gas. We don't even know what to do with it. And there was a recent uh, NERC uh, report that came out. I think it was like yesterday, actually, that showed that natural gas burning plants are the most efficient uh, way of of uh you know creating electricity like far exceeds um you know uh wind and solar and and including um without releasing you know carbon you know the air which i don't necessarily have a problem with i think carbon is you know especially carbon dioxide it's food for plants so exactly don't buy into the whole climate change thing but And West Virginia
0: is very lush.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Um, In fact, it's right now, we're just breaking into spring. I'm I'm very jealous of your tan right now, you know, living down there in the (laughs) the land of perpetual sun. I'm like, I look like a ghost compared to you. So
0: (laughs) That's why I use this white background. It just pops.
1: (laughs) Right, right. See, if I used a white background, I would disappear into it right (laughs) now, you know. (laughs) So it's like, but uh, it it cracks me up. But I, I had a... So yeah, so going around, driving all over these places and talking to people, um, there's a lot of issues that I found out that are very interesting that I had no idea about. So like mineral rights, you know, I had no idea what mineral rights were because nowhere mm-hmm. have, have I ever lived has have, have there has there been an opportunity to even own the mineral, li- mineral rights. But in West are you, Virginia- I, Are you
0: talking about for just West Virginians in general or for yourself? I mean, is that something that comes up when you're buying a house?
1: No. So most of the mineral rights were sold off a long time ago in West Virginia, but there are people who have been here for generations and their great, great grandfather, you know, may have bought land and had a farm. And um, when he sold the farm, he did not sell off the mineral rights. And so the mineral rights were uh, inherited down and passed down, you know, to the, all the children and then to their children. And so they become fractionalized but. You know, for a long time, it didn't really pay off, or you know, wasn't extremely valuable. But when shale oil um, really broke, uh, you know, opened up the, the doors for a lot of this, um, it really it created an opportunity. And there were a lot of people who early on were taken advantage of by a lot of these yeah. big companies, and uh, that came in and they they uh, you know talked these people into you know uh, uh, contracts in perpetuity you know, for a dollar an acre. Okay. So like it was explained to me that a good contract in some of these places is anywhere from $1,500 to, you know, 2000 or or 2,500 an acre plus 20% plus down to only a certain level of depth. Mm -hmm. And, and then on top of that, you know, only for five years so you can renegotiate after five years. And so that's a good contract, but there's a lot of people that have been ripped off and they're stuck in these, you know, in perpetuity, uh, you know, contracts. And that the sad part about it is, um, when you do look at the, you know, abject poverty for a lot of folks here in West Virginia, I mean, that, that kind of thing could change their lives. I mean, it literally could totally turn their lives around. Yeah. Um, but there is, there is a, uh, the state makes a lot of money off of the natural resources that are taken out. And, um, and, and so it has been a, a good source of revenue for the state, but the people necessarily don't aren't necessarily making the money. And in fact, you know, you mentioned about um, you know, the, the fracking and, and oil and, and the jobs that it creates. One of the things that surprised me was um we were up in Wheeling and we stayed in a hotel up there, and the hotel parking lot was full of trucks. I mean, non, you know, everywhere. We could barely find parking. And they all had out-of-state license plates. And so when I went in, I was talking to the lady at the counter and asked her, and she said, Oh, they're all the oil workers. And then I was like, what, you know, where, you know, are there, are any of these oil workers, you know, from West Virginia and, you know, they're all from out of state. And, you know, and part of it is that I think, um, a lot of the work related to that is seasonal. It might be, you know, temporary, you know, cause they get the stuff out of the ground and then they're done. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's not a huge job creator for West Virginia in, in terms of like fracking. Right. Um, there are some other jobs that that do get created though by power plants. And so um, like you've got two major coal burning power plants that are on the Ohio River Valley. And it's, you know, it's not just the jobs of the people that work there, but it's all the people that service the plants, the pipe fitters, the electricians, the, you know, you name it. And and so these things are important. And when the when the that industry, you know, gets threatened you know, it threatens, you know, these higher paying jobs, you know, long term for people. But what really damaged uh the economy was when uh Weirton, uh Steel and uh, I can't remember the other one, but there were two steel industry uh companies that were fighting, you know, and, and, you know basically they were they instead of coming together and working together, you know, they they just you know kept fighting each other and eventually uh, um these steel plants got pulled out of uh you know, West Virginia, or they, they lost to due to all the foreign steel that was flooding the United States. And so the steel industry uh, really, you know, it ended up uh, going downhill. And so you have all of this, like this rusty, you know, buildings and stuff that exist that used to be part of the steel plants that are all up and down, you know, the Ohio River Valley, especially in the Northern Panhandle. And it's, it's sad to see, because you go in there, and it's clearly um there's a like a depression, you know, over the area. Um you see a lot of people um you know that that are um you know poor or that are on drugs and you know you know fentanyl has become a huge problem here. I think we have like the highest uh, per capita rate of people overdosing on fentanyl. Well, and- well
0: wasn't West Virginia one of the first places that was targeted. Uh, By the company that made OxyContin, I'm 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 drawing a blank. I don't remember what their name was, but yeah, uh, I can't remember
1: either. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there was a movie about it. In fact, um, oh, dope sick,
0: dope sick. It's it's really good. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they targeted those people because they were coal miners and everybody had injuries and they yeah. told yeah. these people, they told the doctors and they told the people that Oxycontin was not addictive and that yeah. it was, a. they were giving it to people for common headaches and stuff like that. Right. And then, and so, then once they pulled the rug out, you know, everybody is yeah. left with no job, no future. All they got is drugs.
1: Yeah. And so imagine, you know, that happening for a couple of generations and, and what you yep. have now is is you've got this, uh, you know, generational drug problem. I was talking to a pastor um, out in Wetzel County and he was telling me that uh, his wife was a teacher and, um, you know, her one of her students came in and asked if he could, you know, if he could take a few hours at the school and said that, you know, because they couldn't get water from the spring because the spring was frozen over. And I was just like shocked when I heard that, but there are people still living with, you know, with no uh, indoor plumbing, no water. Um, you know, it, it, it's really a shame and and the infrastructure has been pretty much ignored in a lot of these parts, uh, you know, where they, you know, where there used to be steel mills. It's like, there's, there's still, you know, a lot of potholes in the roads. It's really, you know, damaged. There's not, um, it, it, you know, there's just, there's a lot of issues that could be resolved if we could just build a diversity of industry here. You know, mm-hmm. if you focus on just one industry, that's what leads up to the problem that we had happen right. where right. when the steel industry, you know, went down, there was no other options, you know, and so people ended up losing their jobs and and really having nothing else to go towards. But I think that West Virginia is sitting on top of a gold mine, you know, in this modern age of, you know, natural gas and not just natural gas, but things like ethane and and other Uh, petroleum byproducts that could be used to make a whole host of things. It's not just about oil and gas, but it's also about things like plastics, you know, and and other things that are made. I mean, there's so many things that are made from petroleum. We should be building, you know, those factories and those manufacturing plants and those um, refineries here in West Virginia. You know, if, if that was happening, if you had all of the the manufacturing and the, the production, you had the supply chain right here, you wouldn't have to be shipping these chemicals on railroads where they get, Mm -hmm. you know, accidents and then spill everywhere. You would have everything confined to the area where the stuff's coming out of the ground and it's being refined and then, you know, being turned into a product. Um, So there's that, there's also a huge need, I think, for um, technology uh, improvements in particular with broadband. Um, You know, as, as you know, you know, in this modern day and age, you really can't run a business you know, without having internet. And there are so many places that, like, even where I live, uh, if it wasn't for Elon Musk's, um, you know, uh, Starlink. Uh, Starlink, I wouldn't have internet because there's no internet service here provided. Uh, there's no option for cable. There's no option for fiber. Um, you know, the only thing you get is like 4G LTE, which is, you know, iffy and you get throttled. So you think about that, right? That's what it's like in most of West Virginia. Um, If you're in the city, of course, you can get, you know, internet, but if you're in the country at all, you know, and I'm, I'm in the suburbs, basically of, you know, Martinsburg, but there's no internet here. So, so that, that is a huge problem. Um, I think it's, it's a big problem, especially for younger generations that are coming up, looking for jobs, wanting to have a diversity of opportunity of, you know, different fields that they can go into. Um, You know, we have a lot of natural beauty here. Uh, tourism absolutely is something that you know we could do to you know to increase um, you know our, our jobs, but you got to create the roads to get the places, and you got to right. you know ensure that that uh, you can handle it. And so there's a lot going on here in the state, but you know most of those types of things really are issues that need to be dealt with at the state. As a congressman, I can help to um, get rid of federal regulations that that you know are prohibiting us from being able to do things. And certainly uh, you know I would absolutely want to continue Trump's plan of you know for every one regulation that's created you get rid of eight because I think yep. we have way too much overregulation I think the EPA for example has no re- no reason to be sticking their nose in West Virginia um you know West Virginia we we can determine you know how we want to live and you know determine uh and and control our environmental laws um, there are other things too, like you know, uh, West Virginia is probably the most pro-gun state I've ever lived in. I thought Texas was the most pro-gun. I would venture to say that West Virginia is probably even more pro-gun. I mean, I meet with little old ladies all the time, you know, from churches, and and they'll sit down with me and they'll talk to me and they'll say, "Okay, now, I hope you're se- I hope you are pro Second Amendment because this state loves guns." And then they'll go on to tell me what what kind of heat they're packing you know, so it's, it's, I love it. I love it. I mean, that was one of the main reasons that I moved to the state was because I, I love guns too. And uh, and I wanted to live somewhere where I could, you know, exercise my second amendment and no, I don't exercise my second amendment for the purposes of hunting only, you know, yes, I do like to hunt, but the reality is, is that I believe, you know, that old saying by Thomas Jefferson, you know, which is that if the uh, government that, uh, does not fear the people will, will lead to tyranny. You know, I'm probably misquoting a little bit, but a government that fears its people, you know, will lead to liberty. And so mm-hmm. I think that it's important that the government never feel like it can just come in and, and, you know, put us under their boot. And I think that the best way to do that is ensure that the American people are armed. So Absolutely. there are, I, so, so there, there are a lot of things, um, you know, I, I had uh, a couple of people that tell me, you know, me and most mostly of course these were people who were trying to attack me and dissuade me from running, telling me, oh you know West Virginians they don't like outsiders and you know they're they're not gonna like you because you're not from here and all this and and I, I've lived here for two and a half years but one of the things that I've found is as I've driven around every county, these people that I've met, I've fallen in love with them. I mean they are the most salt of the earth, uh, welcoming, warm uh, Christian, people I have ever lived with. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've like, even when I was growing up, I remember, you know, visiting different churches and there was a lot of seemed like a lot of infighting or, you know, people were very judgmental. And so you had all these divisions, but even here you'll, you'll drive down to town. You'll see on a Sunday, you'll see like 15 churches on the street and they're all right. Point. And the cars are, you know, the lots, parking lots are full. And so, you know, people here love their, they love God, they love their country and they love their freedom and they love their guns. And so all the things that I love, you know, is the same things that, you know, the the people who I'm looking to represent, you know, love as well. And so it's been a, it's been a really great experience of going around. I will tell you, I'm, I'm working harder than I've ever worked in my life. I mean, you know, and I mean that I am like, you know, it's insane the amount of hours that I'm spending on the road going mm-hmm. to these different places and talking to folks and, you know, and I, I got a little worn down and I had to, you know, I ended up getting COVID for the fourth time. So, <laughs> you know, so I should be like super immune, right. You know, cause you now I've had COVID. Had think. Know, you know, yeah. But, uh, but you know, when you're wearing your body down, it, it just, it lowers your immune system. And so, Absolutely. of course, yeah. So I, I've got to do a better job, you know, take a multivitamin, get a little better sleep, but, um but yeah, I'm I'm very busy because the thing that, that I think is important is when I'm, when I'm looking to represent people that word represent means something. And well, oftentimes what we see is we see people who, you know, they, they get elected, they go to Washington DC, and then you never hear from them again, or you never see no. them. Again. And I can't tell you how many times I've stopped somewhere where people have told me, Oh yeah. You know, we've heard other politicians come here and tell us, you know, to vote for them and we voted for them and they said they would come back and they never did so i'm taking notes and i want to make sure that i don't do that you know that i don't uh leave these people behind you know and forget about them it, those personal relationships are so critically important and so when i go out there and i i talk to people um, you know i'm i'm keeping up with them i'm following up with them i'm asking them about you know their lives their family i'm getting that letting them get to know me and my family and it's so it's a much more personal thing than just a typical candidacy um but it it's because i believe there's something very critically important that i'm supposed to do in washington and, and well, that really brings me
0: i was just going to say there's also the 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 fact that you're a whistleblower like you've already stood in the right. gap you've already done what 99% of other people in your position Would never do. You did the right thing. You spoke up when it was going to put yourself, your family, your career in jeopardy because it was the right thing to do. And I have to believe that that's got to make an impression on the people who might be voting for you.
1: I think it does. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't seem to make an impression with the politicians. I mean, oh, I'm sure they it, hate it, it. <laughs> it. It's it's funny. Um, I went to Charleston and I talked with, um, you know, I was recommended that I go to Charleston and talk with the delegates and the senators. And there's a few really good ones. But there's a lot of them that I, I walked into their office and they were like, oh, just so you know, we've already endorsed Riley Moore, you know, and it's like and it's like and I and I told them, I said, look, I'm not here for your endorsement. I'm just here to introduce you, you know, to who I am, introduce you to what I believe in, and also to ask you to tell me about, you know, your district. You represent a district that, that is part of the federal district that I want to represent, and so you should know about the issues that are going on. And I was amazed at just, like, you know, the just the lack of... Um, Lack of vision, I guess you could say. I mean, some of these mm-hmm. these folks, I, I think they mean well, you know. And, and a lot of them, I think, do have some good vision. But um, you know, one of the guys told me, he goes, you know, you know, you haven't been a, a you know, you, why didn't you, you know what what makes you think that you're qualified to represent the people of West Virginia? And he says, you, you know, you start haven't...
0: down here, not up there, right, right, yeah, that's exactly,
1: yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. gave me the whole you know spiel about you know I should run as a delegate and then you know run as a, a senator and then work my way up and you know, and all of that. And I I told him, I said, look, um, to be honest with you, I I didn't want to run. This was not something that I, I, you know, was planning on. It's not something that I intended to do, but I believe God, you know, wanted me to run. I believe God told me to run. And that's why I'm running. They love
0: hearing that too.
1: Yeah. And and then I told him, I said, look, um, and as far as like what qualifies me, I said, who do you know Who's gone up against the FBI, Hillary Clinton, and Russian intelligence agents who had everything to lose and nothing to gain? In fact, I walked away from the most highest paid job I ever had in my life. And I said, I think that qualis- qualifies me. It shows that I have integrity. And I said, yes. That's something that, you know, is far and few between, I think, with most politicians. And then mm-hmm. it was funny because uh, this guy told me he goes, Well, you know, you should go, you know, if you want to win, you know, don't, don't waste your time on all these, you know, small population counties just stick to you know the big populated areas like wheeling and martinsburg and parkersburg and i'm just like i said excuse me (laughs) so i'm not i'm not running to be a politician i'm running to be a representative and that means something It means i need to represent the people who are all over the second district and so you know so i'm kind of in this you know situation where you know if i truly believe that if i truly um, you know want to do that, then it means that i 've got to basically give up my life you know to go and spend every waking hour that I can you know what you know that i 'm not you know working and providing for my family to go visit all of these places, and so that 's what i'm doing i'm I'm getting out there and i I think um you know i 'm out there probably more than any of the other candidates uh talking oh, to folks sure. shaking hands meeting them, and every time I meet them and every time I talk to them overwhelmingly i'm winning the hearts and the minds now you won't it. see that you won't see that or hear that you know talked about you know um you know by any of the local politicians or the people in the you know the the, the heads of the party if you will or any of those folks because they already have their you know chosen anointed one but it doesn't yeah. matter um you well know, li- so
0: nate Nate, I want you to hold that thought. We've got to take a break sure. for the second half of the show. We're going to be right back in 30 seconds. All right. So, let's talk about your opponent a little bit. Riley Moore. Um, yeah. what can you tell us about Riley Moore and uh let's let's also talk about how Riley differs from you. So, um so there's actually there's
1: there's uh three other opponents that I'm running against. Um Riley Moore is clearly the, you know, like I said, the the chosen one. Uh, He's a likable guy. (laughs) You know, when you talk to him, he's very nice, very down to earth. You know, he comes across as, you know, kind of very laid back, uh, lives in Harper's Ferry. And I was, to be honest with you, I really didn't know anything about him. And uh, but it came to my attention that uh, he was the vice president of the Podesta group.
0: In oh, fact, it's in John, John and Tony Podesta.
1: That, that's right. In fact, at the time that I was blowing the whistle on Hillary Clinton, in, you know, with, in regards to uranium one and all her money laundering and all of that, he was working, you know, for the guy who was essentially running her campaign. So, you know, it is—it's <laughs> kind of ironic, um, oh. you know. And and it, and uh, and I got a funny story to tell. So when, um, you know, I I uh, my my wife, uh, God bless her, uh, she wanted to, you know, find out, you know, is this true? And she's a good Christian, and she doesn't want to just assume something. Yeah. So we were at a Jefferson County uh, committee meeting, and I was, I just my first time meeting Riley Moore, and I was talking to him, just being cordial and just asking some questions, and kind of keeping it, you know, light. And My wife comes up and squeezes my hand, and she goes, you know, so Riley, so what did you do before you got into politics and he went on about how he worked for some company, Techatron and all this, and was a delegate. And, you know, after that, and he didn't talk about anything before that. And then she goes, so is it true that you worked for the Podestas? And it's like,
0: <laughs> I couldn't, I was just like,
1: oh man, she went straight for the jugular, you know? And I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she just did Give that. Give me that neck. <laughs> and. And he, he of course, you know, he hemmed and hawed and kind of, you know, was like, well, you know, this and that. And, you know, and I was misled and, you know, led into this, you know, to work for them. And, you know, nothing really made sense. You know, when I was young, that was one of the things that was six years ago, you know, it's like, you know, so you're saying you were young. Okay. All right. Whatever. So, so the thing is, is, um yeah, you know, he, he worked for the Vanessas, and he actually confirmed it with his own mouth. So, I mean, I, you know, I can, it's absolutely I think a legitimate question. People should wonder is, about that.
0: Is that something he has on his uh like public resume? Can you can you see that if you go looking on his LinkedIn or his campaign website? No. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: no. In fact, um, yeah, uh I think he's done a you know fairly good job of trying to get rid of it and, and remove all evidence of it, but there was a link um that was found. Uh, and and here's the crazy thing. So he he was a fellow with the um, the the Center for New American Security, and mm-hmm. uh, so when I you know and I was looking into this group and it and it's your typical um, you know hawkish you know pro war type of group. And in fact, um, one of their largest donors is the Open Societies Foundation. Of course, that's George Soros's funding mechanism. So it's like, yeah. okay, so now you got. Two things on this guy that just seemed kind of odd, right? Because, and I believe people can change. You know, I'm not, um, I'm not one of these people that thinks that you know somebody's sins in their past, you know, means that they're a bad person now. I mean, if that was the the case, then I wouldn't have trusted Donald Trump because Donald Trump, you know, he was a Democrat and he, sure. you know, he he even said it himself. You know that he uh, he knew all of their dirty tricks because he used to use them himself. Now, mm-hmm. the thing is is what I haven't seen is where was his come to Jesus moment? Where was his, you know, conversion, you know, to um, to conservatism? And, you know, and it's just interesting. Um, you know, he was, in fact, I found out he was a staffer for the Foreign Affairs Committee, and he was actually a, uh, a staffer for a Democrat. And his wife was a staffer for two different Democrats. And, you know, so a lot of interesting things about him that just don't add up to a conservative record. Now, he has done and said conservative things since he has been in West Virginia politics. That's what you would expect of any person wanting to be in a career of politics who's living in West Virginia, is that they would say and do all the right things. See, this is the difference between myself and a lot of other political people, is that We've got nothing to gain by going into politics. I, I don't have any desire to do this for a living. I want to go in there to deal with the issue of our civil rights being violated, uh, left, right, and center by our current you know, tyrannical government. it's something that I believe that is extremely dangerous. And I think that we also have a government, a admin- uh, current administration, It has weakened our military and weakened our national security and defenses to the point where um, we're no longer safe against foreign invaders. And so I think those two issues are the most important critical issues, is defending our country against the domestic enemy, which right now turns out to be the left and the current administration, and protecting our country against foreign enemies, which is you know, primarily China, Russia, Iran, that whole access, right? And, you know, and right now what we have going on in our country and and people don't realize is, you know, those things are at risk. If we don't fix those things, then no amount of prosperity that we try to create will be lasting. So to me, what is it that every politician, every military person, every government employee takes an oath? And they take an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That Mm -hmm. is what they take their oath to do. That is the most important job for them to do. And if they're not doing it, they should get fired. And so I agree. So I am very concerned um, that the direction of our country when it comes to illegal surveillance, uh, illegal uh, censorship, uh, collusion between big corporations and the government uh, to censor us, that all all of this is like a form of postmodern uh, fascism, is what I call it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically it is these, um, you know, the government essentially working in owning, you know, in in having this relationship with the with these big corporations. Many of them are multinational corporations that have no loyalty to America and mm-hmm. have mixed interest. So, I'll give you one example: we're finding out about all of this stuff through. Um, Twitter files that the government has been paying to censor Americans. Okay, That that they've been taking, Twitter took money from the FBI to censor Americans. Um, I think we'll find out that they also took money from the NIH, from the Department of Homeland Security, and from other groups. But here's the other thing. What about other countries? Because I know that one of the things I got suspended for, and I mean it was immediate, was I posted a link a video of a uh, Chinese dissident okay mm-hmm. and that got me banned like immediately like it was an algorithm that did it and as mm-hmm. soon as I removed that link I got you know allowed back on and so it told me that the CCP is also involved they are they're likely taking money from the CCP in order to censor and it makes sense because Twitter wants to be in China too, because they're the, you know, one of the largest markets in the world. They want to mm-hmm. be there. But my attitude is, it's fine. You want to be there, then go be there. But, you know, you can't, you can't be in both, you know, both places and you cannot be allowing this influence you know, from our enemies, whether our enemies are domestic ones, like the government trying to censor us and trying to, you know, stifle uh, any kind of, you know, um, news stories that they don't doesn't fit their narrative. Uh, or surveillance—that's another issue, right? You know, all this talk about uh, Twitter, uh, sorry, uh, TikTok, and, and the and the Restrict Act, and and all of that. You know, is China a threat? Yes, but there's an ocean between us and them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, what about? And and they're worried about you know the the Chinese collecting our data. Okay.
0: Well, but what about they, our own uh,
1: government collecting our data? What about our own thing. government spying on us?
0: Are they really that worried about China? Because, you know, from what I've read in the Restrict Act, they are using the pretense of China harvesting our data, which they've been doing for years. President Trump Mm -hmm. talked about banning TikTok while he was in office and the Democrats scoffed at him. Uh, Now, suddenly it's a big issue and they want to pass this Restrict Act, which is an
1: opportunity.
0: Exactly. It's like the Patriot Act 2.0.
1: Yeah, yes, and so yes. so think so think about this, right? Yeah, the Patriot Act was essentially used to create the the FISC, uh, you know, the, the foreign uh, intelligence surveillance courts, the, the FISA. Yep. Um it all of that came about because of the Patriot Act. Um and, and they, you know, they never got rid of it. They say they got rid of it, they just changed the name of it. Okay. These mm-hmm. these little acts that they do, you know, they create some new act, you know, like the Restrict Act or other things. And they use these things to continue to fund and authorize these things. Now, here's here's a, a legitimate concern of mine, and I don't care if people call me a conspiracy theorist for it. The fact is, there's plenty of evidence that this stuff's going on. When the federal government has, and when particularly when the intelligence community has the means of being able to spy on every American at any given time, you know, by using reverse uh, targeting and, and a whole lot of other, you know, means they can do that or they can, you know, go after and, and get our, you know, our five eyes, uh, uh, you know, basically our, our English-speaking allies to to use their intelligence services to spy on us. Yeah. Um, or they can, you know, they can work through these companies uh, like, you know, Google or Alphabet Inc. and Twitter, Facebook and and others. When they're able to essentially influence and spy and uh, you know buy information uh, all of that is violating our rights but they're doing mm-hmm. it by proxy and yeah. so when they're able to do that and they have that kind of power you're going to tell me that they're not going to find out some dirt on some of these congressmen and judges that maybe they want to influence to, well, I'm sure they uh, already do to to continue to spend appropriations on budget things that they're doing violating you know, the rights of every This kind of stuff needs to be investigated. It needs to be educated. Right now, we are in the most dangerous place I think we've ever seen our country. Because mm-hmm. whether we lose our country to a third world war, which is likely to happen with the way things are going, or we lose our country to these authoritarians who are trying to destroy our country and take away our rights because they want to create. You know, a a second class, you know, uh, system where where you're either part of the elites or you're 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 a, a slave to the system. So, mm-hmm. our founders would be rolling in their graves. Now, Absolutely. I'm not calling for you know violence or you know revolution. I'm not calling for torches and, and pitchforks, but I am calling for Article One tribunals, which are are a, a method. By which the the, uh, the Congress can enact a court, okay, and it already exists today. We have a Article One tribunal in the in the form of the U.S. Tax Court. But the idea with this is that it would give the Congress the ability to appoint judges, so they could hand select judges to adjudicate these agency issues. That's what it was intended for, because we know the courts, as they stand right now, are not likely going to, uh, you know, allow justice you know, in the Department of Justice. And certainly the Department of Justice is not going to prosecute and the FBI is not going to investigate themselves. Mm-hmm. So we we have, to, we have to do something. And there's that. And the other thing that needs to be done, and people need to have the courage to do it, and I don't think most politicians do, but every agency that is violating our constitutional rights needs to be defunded, period.
0: Absolutely. Yes. They need to
1: be defunded. Because without you know without money they can't do these things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that is the one power that Congress has. They have the power of the purse, and so I, I think it's something that needs to happen. That the Congress could say to the president, either you remove these things that are going on, or we are cutting all the funding for that agency. Period.
0: I, I think so. that's one of the smartest things i've ever heard a candidate suggest uh so i'm i'm with you 100% um nate i want to go back to something that you mentioned sure. earlier the 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 kind of you know fascistic censorship that we're seeing here um because you know it's not it, it's not just with the uh the technology companies and and government i mean you recently had an experience where you attempted to release a, a press release about your campaign, and your platforms. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, a press release works like this. You craft a document, uh, and generally it's a story. It's about whatever you want it to be. You pay the the newswire to put that out, and they distribute it to all of the diff- different news agencies, and someone can pick it up, or they don't have to pick it up. But I have never heard of any editorial uh, restrictions on what people can say in a press release, especially not in an announcement for a candidate for Congress, but that's not what you experienced.
1: No, in fact, um, so they they came back like immediately with, uh, I think there were three major things that they said. One, they said, um, you have to remove, you know, the things that I had said about COVID and the vaccine and, you know, all of that. And basically um, I had listed a list of grievances. And one of those was that, you know, they, they forced vaccine, you know, they forced people into vaccines through coercion and, and, they did. Uh, and then, yeah. And then, and then I also mentioned about how they shut down, you know, churches uh, mm-hmm. you know, with COVID regulation, which is a violation of our first amendment. And so I went down a long list of things. So, so COVID, they wanted me to remove all mention of that. They wanted me to remove all mention of election integrity because I talked about you know election integrity they wanted me to remove um, all uh, references to January 6 because I talked about how these people in jail rotting away have been denied their right to do the process and the government you know their heavy-handedness in going after people on January 6 was done for one reason and one reason alone to intimidate the American people to yes. prevent one part, conservatives and Christians, because they don't care if BLM or Antifa riots in the streets and burns down cities. But, you know, God forbid, you know, uh, some conservatives and Christians show up at the Capitol and exercise their First Amendment right to petition the government and address their, their grievances, you know, and basically to make known their grievances you know, to the government to assemble. That's all guaranteed in the first amendment. And so, mm-hmm. you know, these, these people who are, who are, are, uh, so they, they had a problem with me bringing that up, you know, bringing up these grievances and it came back immediately. Like it was some sort of policy or something like that. So they told me I needed to change some of the things. So I, you know, to appease them because I needed to get something out there. I went ahead and I made some minor changes and this was the group that was contracted by, you know, Newswire. Then they sent it up, and Newswire kicked it back saying, we're not going to release this. You have to remove paragraph four, paragraph five, and all references to Hillary Clinton. Because <laughs> I talked about my background as a whistleblower and what I blew the whistle on. That's all factual.
0: Absolutely. Nothing that
1: I said was, uh, you, know, you know, was, I, I didn't say anything that was conjecture. It was all 100% facts. I actually, uh, and it's proven by the fact that not only did I take these, this information to Horowitz, but Horowitz gave it a credibility rating and gave it to both the intelligence committees. If it wasn't true, he wouldn't have gave it to them. So that should right. tell, you know, tell people something. But their complaint was that it could be considered slander, you know, or libel. Um, last time I checked, Hillary Clinton is a public figure. And so, appara- so apparently, uh, you know, Newswire has a problem with, um, you know, allowing any kind of, you know, potential slander against uh, Hillary Clinton, but they have no problem allowing slander all day long against Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is a, a, that is a bias that is in the number one press release distribution company in the world. And the other thing they told me, they told me to remove paragraphs uh, four and five. Paragraph four was a list of grievances. I got the idea, actually, from our Declaration of Independence. You know, our founders, they started basically with a list of grievances against uh, King George. They said, look, you've done this, you've done that, you've done this, you've done that. Basically, you've denied us our human rights. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what I said. I said, look, you violated our, our constitutional rights here, 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 and here. And I laid it out, and it was 100% factual. Then, I, uh, in paragraph five, I broke down... All of the ways that the current administration has been weakening our natural, you know, our, our national security um, by mm-hmm. allowing an open, porous border, by allowing uh, our our uh, strategic oil reserve to be depleted, by um, you know allowing our military-grade uh, weapons to be you know given off to the Ukraine to go fight some proxy war, leaving us essentially with not enough to defend ourselves on a two-front war. We are in a very bad situation by allowing um, woke indoctrination into the military. You know this this notion that that uh, uh, that the military needs to be this you know sensitive you know um, uh, group of people that you know are you know pushing social agendas. That is nonsense. The military yeah. are supposed to be killers. <laughs> That's who we want. Absolutely. You know <laughs> to be defending our country, not a bunch of you know weak, mentally handicapped people you know, who are, are uh, worried about, you know, teaching social change. That's nonsense. When mm-hmm. I was in the military, they were teaching me how to stab a dummy with a bayonet, you know, and having me chant, you know, chants, you know, about uh, uh, what makes the grass grow, you know, blood, blood, <laughs> because they didn't want me to get into a situation of hand to hand combat and lose my nerve. Because the fact mm-hmm. is, is that every soldier has the potential that they could end up in combat. Certainly. now you know I don't want war that's the last thing I want but I do believe in in uh, you know what uh, Teddy Roosevelt said you know speak softly and carry a big stick we Amen. need to have the most lethal forces that no nation on earth would ever think of you know ever attacking us I think right now if there was any time in our history that you know that uh, another nation might consider invading the United States it's right now
0: because Absolutely. we are at a,
1: in and with the latest stuff that's going on, with the whole uh, uh, with the the loss of the the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency, it's going to throw us into uh, major chaos. And I think that um, it will, you know, I think it could very well set us up for that sort of thing, you know, for yeah. a an invasion or a third world war. I am honestly there. There's so many things I'm concerned about, but those two: national security and, and civil rights are the two most important things and then prosperity comes after that and prosperity really is not something that the government can create it's something that entrepreneurs create but in order to create it they need to be you know have some of these ridiculous taxes and regulations removed so that they can actually do the thing that they're good at doing which is creating jobs and and helping to boost the economy so that's where i stand on the issues and and when they actually told me They said, We don't like your tone. As if I was some sort of five year old child. You know, that's something your mother says to you when you know you back talking. We don't, I don't like your tone. You know, couldn't believe that Newswire was saying this. So, you know, I said, All right, fine. Give me my money back. And so I took my money back and then we went and we published the full thing to, you know, over, you know, to hundreds of conservative news outlets. I, my, my, my attitude was, you know what, forget all of the uh, liberal rags. I don't care about them anyways. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to ever, you know, publish anything I want to say. So let's just focus on getting it out there to the conservatives and, you know, and, and one of them uh, actually, you know, picked it up and had me on his show and that was John Solomon. And so, and I've had a number of, you know, folks who have, who've had me, you know, come on their show because of it, but it is, um, I have to wonder, is the government involved in paying Newswire? I think Congress needs to subpoena them and make uh-huh. them come testify, and they need to ask because Newswire is a huge point for information getting out to the people. If the government has the ability to, to um, control the messaging that's going out through there, then, you know, that, that would make sense. Because of, of how massive that would be, the amount of control they would have. You know, and these companies, you know, they're, they're in it to make money. So if the government's willing to pay them money, you know, and not only that, but give them immunity agreements, okay, uh, then anything is possible. So I think that we do need to, invest, you know, investigate these things and the American people need to know. And then the people who perpetrated these things against America and against the U.S. Constitution need to go to jail. They absolutely must do hard time.
0: I absolutely agree with you. We need strong, decisive leadership. And the people that we have in Washington, D.C. right now are a bunch of limp-wristed wet noodles. People are not willing to do the hard work. They're not willing to take a truthful, objective look at The failing system we have right now in Washington, D.C., it is so bloated, it is so just collapsed in upon itself on its own weight, you know, there are so many federal agencies that I could, you know, very easily just slice right out of there, just get rid of them altogether States can go ahead and handle uh, many of the duties that uh, a lot of these federal agencies are handling right now. And then a lot of the other ones are are simply there just as a a money-sucking apparatus. I mean, just taking money directly out of the pockets of the American people so that they can destroy our way of life even quicker. And we need more people like you who are interested in what's truly affecting the people of this nation uh, than well, the people who are interested in what's affecting themselves and their donors.
1: I think, I think the, the, one of the big issues, why we don't have more people like me in Congress um, is most of the people in Congress want to be there for life. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, they, they don't really want term limits, you know, because they, they got a cushy situation. Um, I it's have to tell you right check. now, I have no interest in doing this for life. I actually have a very successful business right now that I'm literally going to have to shut down, you know, and step away from to do this. And I have the I, I, last summer I bought a boat and I spent every day at two o'clock, my working hours were from six in the morning to two, working from home on a great contract that allowed me to, to get off work and I would go out on my boat and enjoy the river Every day. If it wasn't raining, I was out there. And sometimes when it was raining, I was still out there. And (laughs) I was laying down on my boat in the sun, you know, working on my tan. And I remember thinking to myself, man, this is the life. I hope this never ends. (laughs) And right then, I heard this little voice in my head say, son, I've got things for you to do. So don't get used to this. (laughs) (laughs) That's just right then. I was like, no, I had no idea what that was going to be. But I knew that it couldn't last forever. And um, the point is, is that I want nothing more than to see our country be free and be safe and then be successful. And I don't know if I can accomplish that. I certainly don't think I can accomplish it alone. Um, Anybody that tells you that they're going to go in there and do that is lying to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I can fight for those things. But the truth is, is that you know, these issues that we're facing in our country, there are some major, major social issues that I don't think Congress has the capacity to even deal with. This transgenderism thing, um, the, the you know, I, I know so many people who have been affected by it. They got family members, they got, you know, kids that are confused about their gender. And, and it's because of we have been under the like the biggest brainwashing. Uh, you know, agenda driven thing I've ever seen in my life, you know, and it's, you know, from the media all the way down into the school systems. It's no wonder that kids are confused. And then on top of that, who knows what half of these, you know, drugs that they're putting kids on are doing to them. So I think we are in a a, a situation that is dire for future generations. And
0: that's Absolutely. not something
1: I think Congress can solve. I think, I think the only thing that solve that is Jesus Christ. I think Amen. we need God's help. We need a revival in our country. We need the help from God on high. And we also, we also need his help for getting rid of the corruption. You know, mm-hmm. I, I went to great lengths to expose the corruption that was going on when I was at the FBI, and nothing happened. Now, I believe God led me there and led me to be there at that moment, and there were some very miraculous things that took place to, to lead me to believe that. But I have to wonder, what was it all for? And Mm -hmm. so I think that, you know, one of the things that it might have been for is for me to finish the job. And I think that's one of the reasons that I want to get to Congress is I want to finish the job. I want to call the people to testify to the questions that I'm going to ask that I already know the answers to. And that is the kind of thing that I don't believe, like I said, that I can do it on my own. I need God's help. I need the prayers and the support of the people uh, and that includes people not just in West Virginia but people outside of West Virginia. I need people to donate to my campaign. You know mm-hmm. this is a, extremely expensive to do, and I can't do it by myself. Uh, I need people to support me and like I said, and be praying for me and my family every night because we are under like since the moment I stepped into this, we are under constant spiritual attack and uh you know it's it's one of the reasons i i I asked my wife to to seriously consider being my campaign manager and she's done a fine job at it she's actually been really good and i'm seeing a whole nother side of her i've never seen but i knew that the the effect that this can have on the family you know and and on my relationship with my wife just in the amount of time i'm having to spend you know campaigning so she has been with me every step of the way and supports me 100 in this and that's important but we need we need that help and prayers
0: that's the only way that you could do this successfully. You know, I mean, that was one of the first things I I, I thought yeah. about when you said that you were going to run. You know, man, you're you're going to spend a lot of time away from home. And I know how supportive your wife is. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised that she's taken on that role. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see that that's uh, that's what's going on. Um, You guys, I, I've put Nate's uh, uh campaign website link into the chats. It's Nate Kane, the number four. WV.com, com Nate Kane4West Virginia.com. Uh last time you were on the program, uh, I was telling you about the issues that I was having getting to your website. It was kind of crazy. It was like ATT mm-hmm. was blocking the website. Like I couldn't type I couldn't type it in. I couldn't uh you know, like remove the HTTP or or adding it in. Uh and, yeah. and I had to I had to you know go through a, a couple of different uh, iterations of the of the address to get it to work. And uh, also, you know, although you did get your PR Newswire uh, publication online, they screwed you on the yeah. uh, on the link to your website. They they typed yeah. it in. But the link that's associated with the, the letters, natekane 4 com it doesn't go anywhere. It goes to a dead page. So, uh, yeah. you know, if you can get any money back on that, I think maybe I you should. I should. I should
1: um, I'm glad that you brought that to my attention. Uh, I'm, you know. I'm going to go demand my money back because what they did, that's, you know, those scoundrels think that they're mm-hmm. going to get away with that. Well, I got news for them. They're going to either do it a, a correction, uh, you know, for free or I'm going to sue them. So there I do go. have a good, a good attorney representing me in my campaign, but you know, this is, this is the kind of thing that I'm up against. You know, there, there's no doubt about it. Um, there are people who, who the thought of somebody like me getting into office scares them to death. It's the same thing with like Trump. They don't want somebody they can't control. You know, they want only people who they can manipulate and control and and they'll control them either through money and through, you know, you know, offers of things, right. Or, or through threats of, of uh, you know, blackmail and that sort of thing. And they're not going to get me on either of those. I don't care about money. You know, if I did, I wouldn't have walked away from the most, you know, highest paid job I ever had. You know, uh, is money a good thing? Yeah, I like it just like everybody else, but it's not, it's, it's not the most important thing to me at all. Mm-hmm. My relationship with God is way more important than that. And they're not going to get me on, you know, something else because I'm not going to let myself get compromised. No way. And even if I did and they came to me, you know, I'd say, well, release it. I don't care because I know I'm not going to be there's no way I'm going to ever be, you know, somebody's. You know the word I want to use.
0: And that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you're not. You're, um, you're not
1: kneeling for anybody. I get it. I no get it. way. No way. <laughs> I'm not going to right. prostitute myself for no, any of no. these guys.
0: So Nate Kane no pimps out you, Washington D.C. <laughs> All right. Um, I need to say thank you to Too Big for Bike, who said. Trump should make NFT crypto trading cards with his fingerprints on them. Best fundraising act from the BS indictment. Libs heads would explode. Uh, We've got a couple of people on the line, but I wanted to make sure I I asked you uh, about the Trump indictments. First of all, obviously it hasn't been released yet. It was a crime for someone undoubtedly inside the Manhattan DA's office to release that information to the public, still under seal, so we don't know exactly what is contained in those indictments. But what? What's your I- initial reaction to uh, to hearing that this is going to happen? Look,
1: they did this because they want to distract us. Honestly, there's so much stuff going on right now. Whether it is the restrict act or it's the monetary policy that's happening, you know, with the the basically the, the United States losing its position as the uh, world reserve currency. They want another January 6th type of event so that they can mm-hmm. lock us down. Uh, they want, and, and at the same time, they also want to disrupt the election. They don't want mm-hmm. Donald Trump to even be able to run. And if they can charge him with some sort of felony, then they can make, you know, and, and, and get a conviction, uh, then they can, they can honestly, they can keep him from being able to run. So that is something that I think, um, you know, they, they have a, a twofold strategy in that. I don't think that they will, you know, be successful at all. I mean, it'll be, you know, even if they get a conviction in New York, it'll get appealed and it'll get appealed all the way up to the Supreme Court. And they're going to say, no, this whole thing was bogus. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, everything about it is bogus. So, so I, I posted something on my social media. I just uh, posted a picture of the old, um, uh, you know, the, the Briar Fox and, and, you know, song of the South. And I just said, you know, he had the rabbit and the rabbit was saying, Oh please don't throw me into the briar patch, you know. And so I, you know, said these people are dumb, man. I mean, honestly, yes. this this will all this did was ensure that Trump, uh, you know, voters get motivated and will get out there. And even people who maybe were on the fence, I think yep. now they're going to realize if if they're this much afraid of Donald Trump, then we have to elect him.
0: Absolutely, we have yes.
1: to. <clears throat> we have to look, there, there's a, you know, there are other candidates I'm sure that are great and that, you know, could do great things, but Donald Trump has something about him that I think none of the other candidates have. And that is that they fear him mm-hmm. because he won't, you know, he won't be controlled by them. And, yep. uh, you know, and, and honestly, I'm kind of the same way in that regards and that they're not going to control me. Uh, so, you know, but, the president is a much more powerful position than, you know, a representative, you know, one of 435. So mm-hmm. they probably will pay a lot less attention to me. Plus I don't think they think I have a chance at all in winning. Um, I disagree with them, you know, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this, but uh, <laughs> you know, but I'm not going to win by, you know, by advertising, you know, millions of dollars and, you know, and, and doing all the things that all the other candidates do. I'm going to win by going out and talking to the people Getting to know them and letting them get to know me on a personal level. That is, I think, the the best strategy. Maybe I'm wrong, but so far, you know, I've met a lot of great people and, you know, and uh, and it's been a, a wonderful experience of getting to know these people
0: do they do they have any debates scheduled yet? I mean like either for the primaries or for the uh the not general?
1: yet not yet um there is some talk by a couple of uh, uh counties that they may do something you know like that or do a joint I mean I've had um it was interesting because one of the candidates Alexa uh, Gasserud, um we kind of had a an opportunity to both speak at a county meeting and then people asked questions and we went back and forth, you know, on those questions and it wasn't really a debate, but at least we got to, people got to see our differences. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and we had some differences on policy, like for one, um, I made it clear. I was not at all interested in, you know, if it looked like I was going to lose, you know, the, the primary um, I was not, I made a commitment that I will not run as a independent or something like that, you know, I'm going to drop out and they rejoin as an independent. There's other people that have tried that; it didn't work. Um, And I just think that all that does is uh, potentially takes votes away from whoever. Yeah, and and the worst thing that could happen in West Virginia is for a Democrat to get elected. I may not like, you know, uh, I may not like certain things about some of the other candidates, but they are far better than what I would get with a Democrat. And so, uh, whoever wins the primary, I, I will support them. Um, you know, if they are, as long as they're a moral person, I may not agree with them on every policy, but they'll get my support. But that, no, that's- that, that was not, uh, one of the other candidates, uh, would not commit to that, which was interesting. He said, well, you know, Donald Trump wouldn't commit to that. So I'm not going to, I'm not gonna let mm-hmm. myself get boxed in. And they told, I think everybody there that he cares more about winning than he does about, you know, West Virginia. So
0: um, I need to say thank you to uh, Shannon Loves Sharks, who says, howdy, Zach and Nate from Taiwan. God bless you both. Looking forward to coming home to Texas. I'm an immigrant uh, and it's always and it'll always be America first for me. My first vote as an American citizen will go to Trump in 2024. That's so awesome. awesome to hear. And uh, also Shannon awesome. joined as a monthly member through locals on the Rumble channel, If you guys do want to support the channel, then you can do that very easily through the uh, join button, which is right there underneath the video that you're watching right now. Of course, you can also support the show through Cash App or buy me a coffee or my website. There is also a subscribestar, but uh very people are using that less and less and going to other platforms. So thank you very much to everybody who is supporting the show directly and to the people who have donated tonight. Uh no, this is not the end of the show. Tomcat, we are opening the phones right now and we're gonna take a couple of calls. I just wanted to make sure that I said thank you to someone who actually had donated over there on Cath, uh, cash app. That would be Catherine. Thank you very much to Catherine. And then also over here on Buy Me a Coffee, Steph- Stefania. Uh, and then also Francine. Francine says, hi, Zach. Thank you for all you do bringing some truth into a corrupt world. So thank you very much. And let's go ahead and bring in our first caller. And I think this is DJ. Is this DJ? Yes, it is, sir. How are you? Well. I'm good, sir. How about yourself? Good to hear from you. I'm good. Uh, How was your week? Uh, You know what? It was good, actually. You know, we're uh, uh, wrapping some stuff up here at the house, getting some things ready. I'm uh, continually working on projects, getting my garden together, obviously working on my tan, having a good time all around. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Okay, very good. Very good. Um, Actually, I, I just wanted to call because um, last week, Saturday, wasn't really great. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I also, I sent you an email. I'm sure you saw it by now.
0: Oh, no, I didn't uh, see it. I, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go in and, and look for it.
3: I sent you an email a couple of days ago. Uh, okay. But what I, what, I, what I wanted to do was I want to apologize to the audience. I also want to apologize to the people in the chat, and I want to apologize especially to you, Zach. Um, I do, I will not apologize to the, your guest last week because, uh, you know, I I didn't, I don't feel I did anything wrong to him. I asked him what his background was and what he did for a living. And he got really upset, you know, and I didn't even know I was going to do that. Like I'm sitting here and I'm watching the show and I'm listening to him. and, And he said a couple of things which struck me very odd. So that's mm-hmm. why I asked him that. Um, but I, and then and then he, you know, I don't like to be called names. And then he tried. He
0: called me right. Tiger. And
3: well, I, as soon as he was, did that, yeah. I was like,
0: "This is not going well." I was like, "I need yeah, I was, to stop this before it gets worse." <laughs> yeah, I
3: was getting ready to unleash on him, and and you you, you quickly cut me off,
4: <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. probably the best
3: thing. But, yeah, yeah. I, you know, if I, called, if I caused any undue respect to you or anybody else in this family, I'm sincerely sorry.
0: All's but forgiven. You know, I, I love you, DJ. All's forgiven.
3: I, I know. You know, the thing is, and the reason why I asked him that, and then he even went on to confirm, like, why I asked him that question. He said that uh, uh, he had did videos for two years. He never showed his picture. He didn't even talk. So in mm-hmm. my mind, I'm like, well, how do we actually know that you're that person? You mm-hmm. know, and we've all, all of us in this community have made the mistake of trusting somebody without asking about their background or digging sure. into their background and see who they really were. This, yeah, this was yeah. another reason why I asked. I'm not just going to take the word for it. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had to say. I love all you guys. Um, please have a great weekend. Happy April 1st. It's, yes. uh, it's coming. It's it be big. I love all you guys. I know you love me, Zach. I love you absolutely. Everybody. I'm, I'm sorry, Nate, to take time away from you, but no problem. Have a great Have a great weekend. God bless us all, and God bless America.
0: God bless you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Appreciate that, DJ. And uh, let's see another caller coming in. Caller, make sure you mute that stream. And can we get your name? Hey, Zach. Hey Nate,
4: it's Casey, and uh, happy April Fool's Day! Happy April Nate. Fool's Day, Casey. Good to hear from you, brother. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Nate, I want to I want to say if I know anybody in West Virginia, I'll definitely have them support you because you you do sound Thank like you. an upstanding candidate. Uh, but uh, I also have experience by running for office myself. Uh, four years ago, I tried to run for mayor of Michigan's largest. Uh, third largest city, Warren. And uh I can tell you your wife does have the toughest job as your oh, yeah.
1: campaign manager.
5: <laughs>
4: she if, keeps uh, asking
1: me, Are you sure I'm the right person for this? Is there anybody better for this? And I keep telling <laughs> and assuring her, no, honey, you're doing great. And uh and not only that, but you know, I, I just know I can trust her. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Okay, that, I trust her more that, than anyone.
4: That's the biggest part, but in a broad picture i just want to say with the conservatives the republicans the worst part of their game plan is lawfare they absolutely suck they are not proactive they are reactive and they just get beaten down with the money you know Mm -hmm. you almost have to spend five times in legal fees what the job pays just to secure your rights for a free and fair election you know, the, yeah. the ground game yeah. comes out to, you know, having poll watchers, having people, you know, uh, monitor things. And you've got to worry about Oppo Research, which comes up with the, uh, uh, the candidates using the money that comes into your campaign by the donors. They'll use that against you. You can use it against them because it's freedom of information. That's like I say, your wife's got the hard job. It's mm-hmm. because of tracking that that they'll use it against you. Um, yeah. But I can get a tip from my campaign. I always found out you don't listen to the polls. You don't listen to any analytics. You look for yard signs, and you look for bumper stickers. Yeah. You can't deny support by getting those out there. Any signage you can do, your name out there, name recognition, and keep pounding your message. And that's the way you find out what support you do have.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I met with a uh, a couple of consultants early on and I was just like, no, this is not for me. And, you know, my main thing is that I want to be able to get out and actually talk to people as long as I talk to people and, and give them an opportunity to, you know, to, you know, get to know me. Uh, then I know, you know, I have a, a winning message and I know that, um, you know, and I have integrity. And I think that that speaks a lot to people. Um, one of the Absolutely. things that I've noticed, one of the things I've noticed is, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed at all to talk about my faith. Um, it's a huge part of who I am. I can't, you know, I can't take that and, and keep that in a box. It just won't, you know, even if I tried, it wouldn't work because there's just too much in my own story of my life of where God has um, impacted me. And and that's one thing that I notice a lot of other candidates don't seem to be willing to do is to talk about, you know, um, you know, talk about their their relationship with God. And, and I think that's important, especially to West Virginians. But I've had a, a very good um, so far, every single group of people that I've talked to, it has gone very well. Even when I thought I did terrible, uh, like, you know, because at first I was trying to memorize like a, a can, you know, I had written my speech and I was trying to memorize it. And I just found that it just doesn't work for me. So, so I, I speak, I shoot from the hip every time I go talk, uh, every time I do an interview, it's, it's always going to be new and fresh because there's always some, something different, you know, that's going on that I want to talk about. And, and that seems to work really well for me. So I think finding, you know, kind of what works, you know, for, for you as an individual, I think matters, but you're, I I agree with you. I think that um you know, I don't think that they, they really have... uh, Chase the money, plain and simple, yeah. and they'll tell you what you want to
4: hear. But yeah. I also think you gotta take that Trumpian outsider standpoint. You've got to yeah. look at at saying, I'm an outsider. I'm not part of any secret society like a DeSantis is or any of these other inbred politicians. They're going on legacy and name recognition, but they're also in a secret society, probably, whether it's skull or bones or Knights of Christ, Templars Christ, whatever it is. They're they've got something to hide because they're in an exclusive club. So take the grassroots approach and you should win.
0: I I that's exactly where he's going. And and you know, this is honestly what's exciting to me too. Like when I ran for City Council twenty years ago. I mean, I I was a nobody. I I never run for office. Nobody knew who I was. I was just some young guy. And I was like, the only way that I'm going to be able to get my name out there, because I didn't have any money, uh, was to literally knock on every single door in the ward. And, you know, I mean, it's a much different beast when you're talking about a legislative district. But it's still possible. And uh, you got an early enough start. I think you'll be able to do it. And so uh, yeah. listen, Casey, I want to make sure we get to, we have a ton of people on the line. So I want to make sure we get to everybody, but I really appreciate your call and appreciate your perspective. Good
4: luck and God bless. I want to see you on other shows, Nate. I want you to go nationwide.
0: Yep. Thank you. All right. God bless you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Next caller. You're on the air. Can we get your name?
6: this is god's guy from tco ministry
0: god's hey. guy so good <laughs> man i was going, just guy? thinking about you oh what a treat what a treat uh, man how you doing how's hey, Gina, brother dude,
2: dude two of my favorite guys in the same place you know i'm gonna call man <laughs> that's, <laughs> well, that's awesome so you look like you're right out of Miami Vice, dude. You're, I know, right? you're younger every time <laughs> I, him, I see I told, it. I told him I'm, I'm like, hey, is this Crockett? Is this Crockett? <laughs> remember John Johnson? I'm like, come on, dude. You look too cool. I got a white nice. blazer nice.
0: too, man. I'll, I should have worn it tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm so proud of you, Nate. And how does it feel to have almost 300 people consistently praying for you at church every week, bro? We all love great. you here at GCO. And uh, we're very proud of you. And uh, you know, I miss you, Zach. I'm looking at a video right now on my Sheet channel that says premiered September 14th, 2019. The first ever interview with Red Pill 78.
0: That's right. That's we right. I did go back a these... ways, bro. <laughs>
2: we
0: sure do. We sure do, man. Yeah, my uh, um, that was, and. That was and I've I've said this before here, but you know, Guy uh, is very talented—not just uh, a minister and, and having uh, a whole flock of people that he is able to uh, uh, to just you know keep on the level every single day. But he also replaced the transmission in my Subaru all those years ago. My mom is still driving that car, <laughs> and it's still just as new as the day you put your finishing touches on it. So <laughs> she, she, yeah, she, she appreciates it, and, and so do I.
2: Oh. That is so cool, bro. I was hoping yeah, that car yeah. was still in the family because that was oh, that yeah. was a special vehicle.
0: <laughs> it was and it still is. Oh my god. It's a beautiful car. My uh, mom is uh my mom absolutely loves it. Loves driving it.
2: Well, I love it, bro. I love it. I miss you terribly. Make Mission sure, you. oh, run. can I, oh, I, I got to say uh, Red Pill Real Girlfriend. I can't say her name, but I don't want to yeah. dox anybody. You no, know no, me. no,
0: it's okay, it's okay. She's Lisa, Lisa's, Lisa's name is out there. And uh, you know uh, what's well, interesting, Guy? Tonight at uh, April 2nd at around 2 a.m. will be our official five-year anniversary because that was the day that we actually met in my uh, my chat, she was literally my first subscriber, my first and only viewer on my first live stream. The first night wow. that I was trying to figure out how to use YouTube, and she shows up in the chat, and you know the rest is history. Two thousand eighteen, hey, April second, two thousand eighteen, April second, two thousand eighteen, yeah, April second, oh, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, three days before
2: the Passover feast, bro. You guys are hooked yep. up. That's it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the fifth year anniversary. Uh, Gina says, "Hey, love you." What's up, Gina? Love and- you too. <laughs> oh, um, you know, I, I one thing's for sure. And before uh, before we get too sidetracked, I don't want the your 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 audience to get uh, we've kind of fed up with us having all our, our little reminiscence time. But I wanted to say this to Nate, Nate, um, this is the most admirable thing I think you've ever done. We truly need leaders that lead by example. And we haven't had that in decades. People like Ben Carson, people like you, uh, people like Clay Clark, even. I know he's a bit eccentric, but I love him. Anybody <laughs> who has and is willing to put their life on the line, man, they got my vote.
1: Amen. Thank you, guy. Oh, I love you, dude. I love you. Love you, too, you too,
7: I, I just wanted to say, Nate, I, I remember you saying that, um, you know, I was praying for God to bring godly men into, you know, yeah. uh, our Congress and stuff, and then, bam, why, look out what, for what you pray for, right, brother? <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So the, the audience God delivers. may not may not know the He's story. So. In November, I was, uh, I was praying, I was really upset with the outcome of the election, and uh, especially in, in Arizona, and what happened up in uh, Michigan. And I just prayed, I said, God, I pray that you would raise up godly men and women to run for office. And I heard this still small voice in my head say, well, what about you? And my initial response was, hold on a minute, God, wait a minute. You Because know, <laughs> right. I, I I was like, you know, when I was praying, I wasn't thinking that at all, you know, Um but oh, Lord. but I but I've learned I've learned never to never say no to God. Um, it's okay Amen. to negotiate with him, but I, I negotiated poorly because uh, I didn't make certain stipulations. I said, God, if you if you create a path, I'll run. But I don't see a path. And then two days later, uh, Mooney announced that he was going to step down from uh, you know his seat and run for Senate. And so there, the path was opened, and I was like, oh man. So I was thinking, you know, maybe six years down the road, you know, eight years down the road, but uh, no, so I'm, I'm in it and, uh, and, and, you know, running the race and it's no matter what happens, this has been just an awesome experience of getting to know people all over the place. And just the, the amount of love that I have developed towards the people of West Virginia, Um, you know, that, that before I loved the state, but I didn't really know the people. I mean, I knew some people here in Eastern Panhandle, but just going all over the place, I've met so many wonderful people. And, and it's been a really good experience, no matter what happens.
2: Amen. Amen. Well, I can say this, man. I I, I really, you kind of restored my faith in politics. And, yeah. uh, and not, not a minute too soon, as a matter of fact, or late, rather, because... I was pretty much black-pilled, and I'll be honest with you, I've been establishing about five new subscribers every day, building a Rumble account here, one person at a time, giving accurate terminologies from the Bible, accurate interpretations, bringing people along, teaching them the Bible and what it really says, and teaching people to just get off the grid and not to participate in the shenanigans. Of, uh, of the world and just really to be self-sufficient. We've got generators, we pump water out of the ground now, we're off the grid 80% and I'm growing my own food and I'm inspiring people to do the same thing. I think the Amish had it right, but now I got my brother over here running in, in and just that's our, our only hope is having people like you, Ben Carson, maybe Trump gets back in there, and uh, takes a a slice of humble pie and admits that he had been lied to about these shots and and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth, right? You know, I would vote for him again uh, in a heartbeat if he would just tell the world that Fauci lied to him.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's going to come out. I think, uh, uh, you know, I'm seeing more and more stories now talking about it. And, you know, it's the evidence is undeniable. The, The research now that's coming out of Europe uh, that is showing, you know, how these vaccines, uh, you know, done more harm than good, and in fact, in many cases, didn't do any good at all, but just did harm. Uh, I think that, you know, it, it's a hard pill to swallow uh, because yeah. you know people have to basically deny what they have been telling themselves for so long. But it, but the evidence is overwhelming, and and eventually, uh, they're going to have to own it, and um, you know, and they're going to have to accept that you know they made this. This choice and we probably shouldn't have trusted the government. You know, this is, that's one of the things I guess that, that was good after me blowing the whistle and going through all the things that I've gone through is I have a deep distrust for anybody who tells me, you know, that I have to do something. Uh, then I'm immediately suspicious, you know, even Christianity, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in Christ and and I have a firm faith in God, but I, I, I don't believe that, um, you know, that it should be forced, you know, uh, I don't think, you know, forced conversion is ever a good thing. I think people need to come to God on their own terms yeah. and they need to, um, you know, to have a, a personal relationship with God because, uh, everybody I've met that is an atheist, um, you know, that well, I won't say everyone, but a lot of the people that I've met were atheists were previously members of a church and they were people who were, you know, none of them were people who had a personal relationship with, with Christ. Yep. And, uh, and I think that makes a difference. I think it makes a huge difference. And so, you know, um, so yeah, anybody that, that coerces or forces people to do things, I think is a bad thing. And, 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 and if the government's telling you, then you definitely should be suspicious.
0: hmm Amen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Organic you know, opinion. guy, guy, the, the one, yeah. the one that for me personally, looking at the situation with Trump and the vaccines, You know, and I think Nate's right. I think that the evidence is undeniable. We're talking about millions of deaths as a result, Uh, you know, certainly tens of millions of people who have been injured as a result, $143 billion in economic damage as a result of the jabs, the open wholesale lies of Dr. Anthony Fauci and his cohorts at the NIH and within the government, they are being exposed. And by Trump remaining silent about this stuff, it's not him who's exposing it, because everybody wants Trump to say, I was lied to, and it's time for us to condemn Anthony Fauci. If Trump did that, we all know the press and the deep state and the Democrats, they would all lean into Anthony Fauci. They would surround him. It would be like, a pack of lionesses surrounding a, a, gr- a group of cubs. You know, they would protect him yep. in any way that they could, and they would continue to perpetuate that lie by allowing it to come out organically at, to the point where he's like, "Well, God, you know, it's, at a certain point, he's going to have to say, 'You know, yeah, wow, I was totally lied to.' They pulled the wool right over my eyes, just like you guys, and then everybody will come to it organically, and that's when I think that the American people and the people of the world are going to cry out for justice and some type of uh, punishment for Anthony Fauci. I think that's the only way it can happen.
2: Thanks Zach. I I appreciate that because you know, you know, you, 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 you see all the good that this man did in the past, uh, the best economic structure, the lowest, uh, unemployment rates, the greatest economy, all the wonderful things the man did. And I mean, just, you know, when I heard, when I heard, uh, his wife, recite the Lord's Prayer, like I've told you a million times, Mm -hmm. I jumped out of my skin off the living room couch. And I said, yeah, yes, that's what I'm talking about. We don't Mm -hmm. need to be politically correct anymore. (laughs) I was thrilled. I was thrilled. And I don't want, and I know, you know, it's like, you know, I, I didn't want to not vote. Mm-hmm. Again, this this year, but but you know, the more and the more I I looked at it, I just I you know I'm just I'm in a wilderness spot right now between God and and politics. I know that uh, Nate has walked me back off of the ledge a lot of times, and 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 kind of de black pilled me. But I still mm-hmm. got to say, man, you know, if MAGA, 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 if you really want to make America great, make America godly again, and it yeah. will be great.
1: Amen. Well, and, that, and Amen. that's the key right there, I think, is, um, and, and this is for everybody, you know, um, we cannot look to men to be our saviors. We can't look to, um, you know, our strength or our skills or our military. None of that, in the end, can save us. It's it, There's too many things that, um, you know, too many unknown factors you know, it, it is truly, we have to rely on God. We have to ask God and pray and ask him to save our country. Um, I've, you read all over and over again in the Bible, you see these stories of uh, the nation of Israel, you know, going through, you know, terrible kings and then great kings and then terrible kings and then great kings. It's like this cycle. And right now we're in a, you know, we're in a cycle and uh, we've got bad leadership, yeah. but, but that bad leadership is the result People living sinful lives and people doing things that are, um, you know, living their lives in an ungodly way and not thinking about uh, the consequences and not um, caring about the consequences. And so what I believe what we're seeing right now is this is like a, basically it's not that God's punishing us. It's that he's removed his hand of blessing. He said, you know what, I'm going to let you see what life is like without me. And uh, yeah. And I think our country has had a blessing on it, you know, for a very long time. And that blessing has been removed, and now we are seeing, you know, the hordes of hell, uh, you know, basically, you know, attacking uh, our children, attacking, you know, our values, attacking our economy uh, in so many different ways. So, um, you know, I know that God's called me to run. Uh, that much I know, and I do know that God does raise up men and women uh, to serve, you know, in in certain times, uh, but you know. In the end, regardless of whether I get elected or not, it, it's it's not going to it's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, what's going to matter is whether or not, as a nation, we've repented, whether we have turned back and asked for God's blessing and asked for His help. Um, that is what God is waiting on, and then I believe He will. You know, f- we will flourish again. We will be great again. We will become a great nation again. And, uh, and I don't believe that it's over, uh, but I do believe that we have to fight. We have to be willing. You know, that mm-hmm. saying, uh, there's a scripture that says, faith without works is dead. So it's, mm-hmm. it's two parts. We need faith, but we also have to put in the work and the effort. And, yep. you know, we yep. need both of those things. So um, Trump, you know, I, I love Trump, and he is my president. And he, you know, he always will be probably my favorite president I've ever had. Uh, but he's not my savior. And he can't be, you know, the savior of America. Uh, We need God to save our country and he can use men like Trump and he can use men like me and many, many others. Um, That was one thing that when I was praying about this, you know, I didn't want to be some, you know, lone person out there, you know, fighting this fight. And, and, and I know there's a few good ones in Congress, but we don't have enough good ones in Congress. And I, I told the Lord that, and God said, oh, don't worry. He says, I'm raising up many. I'm asking many to run. So you don't need to worry about that. And, and I believe that. I believe that there are many right now that are running all over the place that actually people who have a relationship with him and people who love this country and people who are willing to sacrifice, because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take people willing to sacrifice, people who are not motivated to jump into this because they want to be career politicians, but they're motivated to jump in this because they really, truly love this country and they love the people of this country. And they love God.
0: Uh, Listen, Guy, we've got four people on the line and only 20 minutes left. I want to make sure we get to everybody. So we've got to end it there. But uh, I absolutely love you guys. And I'm really glad that you called in tonight.
2: Awesome, brother. I look forward to talking to you again. I'll I'll talk to you on Skype sometime or you can message me anytime. My numbers are all the same.
0: Okay, perfect. Mine is too. I'll I'll talk to you soon. All right, my brother. God bless. God God. bless you. God
2: bless you. God bless you too.
0: We'll see you. All right, you guys, we've got four callers. We've got caller. Make sure you mute that stream. Caller, call make sure you mute that stream. Uh, we've got. Hi. Hi. We've got uh, we've got four callers. You're one of them and about 20 minutes left. So I got to keep everybody to five minutes. So who are we speaking all right, all right, with? Jack,
6: we're speaking with it, Loki, formerly known as Fran Boys.
0: Loki, I thought so. Loki, how you doing tonight, buddy?
6: You're good. I took notes tonight, so I get, I'm get. i going to get right to the point. I like your guess a lot. Go for it. So the, the, the first question I had was, uh, I'm on, up from Minnesota. we have, up on the Iron Range. Are you familiar with Pete Stauber?
1: Say that name again. Sorry, I couldn't hear it.
6: Pete Stauber. He's a congressman from Minnesota. he uh got the Iron Range...
1: I'm familiar with the Iron Range. I am familiar with the Iron Range, but um, no, I'm not really that familiar with Pete Sauber.
6: Well, I would get to know him. My second question was, uh, well, we kind of answered that one. Minnesota and Virginia, we got a lot of minerals. And my concerns are with the regulations in our our, uh, embedded congressman, and uh politicians there's a lot of old money around here and i, I believe it's very dirty
1: mm-hmm. i agree with you on that <laughs>
6: yep, there, there is,
1: is
6: your most uh you've been on the row a lot door knocking
1: yeah
6: what was your most concerning encounter
1: Uh, concerning in terms of like what I've learned that concerns me about uh, West Virginia or concerning as in a person or something.
6: One of those moments where that, you know, you you stepped away and you went, things that make you go home.
1: Um, I think one of the biggest things that really bothered me, and I've actually heard this come up more than once is um, this drug, drug epidemic that we have in our country is so severe Mm -hmm. that um, there are kids who are living in, um, they with their great great grandparents because both their parents and their grandparents are hooked on drugs. Um, this is something that I've heard more than once, and um, and I actually heard this mentioned. This particular issue: uh, these kids, the only meal they get is the free lunch they get from school, mm. and the the Obama uh, Michelle Obama has has created the lunch program to where these kids get four chicken nuggets. That's it. Um, you know, I realize it's not a typical Republican issue to deal with, but I'm very concerned about our youth. Uh, I'm very concerned about, um, you know, their their health and their welfare. And I'm worried, uh, quite frankly, we got seven thousand kids in, in Berkeley County alone that are in the system because of parents of jail. We've, we have a, a crisis on our hands and, and that they are the future you know, of our country. And so we've got to do something. To help fix this, and I think a lot of it has to do with restoring you know God in our nation and all of that. But but there are, I think, practical steps that can be taken, and um, but you know, that is an issue that concerns me. And uh, you know, to me, if there's anything that that I think um we need to you know be considering and and be thinking about in, in terms of the Republican message and how we can. Um, you know better our society is we do need to think about these issues of family and these issues of you know children and and parents that are incarcerated and how do we uh, how do we help them how do we help these kids i mean they' they really don't have anybody looking after them you know they don't have anybody who's helping them in the government you know so they're low on the priority and when we think they need um, we think they need help. So that's something that's come up uh, everywhere I've gone, um, and I'm very concerned about. I'm I'm going to meet with some people um, soon uh, who are, you know, a school, former school superintendent, uh, who have a lot more knowledge about this particular issue, and uh, I'll be talking with her. But I think one of the ways of dealing with it is we've got to get off of the, you know, the welfare of the federal government, and, and we need to take care of some of these issues at home, you know, by our own state's we have more knowledge and more understanding of how to fix these problems locally than the federal government does. And so I think that uh, these things need to be handled, you know, more locally. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the issues. I,
6: I totally, I totally agree.
2: <clears throat>
6: I've ran into a lot of, a lot of those problems around here. Mm-hmm. And the support I've gotten from the sheriff's department and the local community has been immense. Yeah. So
2: I'm,
5: and
6: and, I'm and very it's a, happy with the commu- With the community I live in, yeah, we have we have a lot of good good support.
1: Yeah, and and it's a tough it's a tough to. Sure, go ahead.
6: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is tough. It is so tough. You don't. Nobody wants to be a tattletale or anything else.
1: Yeah, well, the people that I've talked to that have successfully gotten clean, and I've talked to a number of people that used to be hooked on heroin. And they the ones that got clean, they got clean because they were gonna be thrown in jail and have their kids taken from them. So, yep. you know, this this uh tough love is necessary, but we gotta make yep. sure that we have the the things in place to help support these people when they come out of jail, um, help reunite families, help give them, you know, uh the, the support. You know, the problem with jail is that when somebody goes to jail, then it makes it hard for them to even get a job, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I have so, hear you
6: say tough love because it really is about love.
1: Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, I and I, tr- I think churches you, need to step what, up. What
6: kind of financial support do you have for your campaign, and where does the money
1: come from? Uh, all the money, money comes from. All the money comes from grassroots. <laughs> um, I have no no There's money it? from.
6: You don't have no Republican support. No nothing.
1: Nothing. No. No. It's all. It's all grassroots. Um, so far, every donation I've taken in has been from individuals and. Um, and And quite frankly um much of it has been from out of state um a lot of the people here that I'm talking to are poor they're not the richest people um and the you know i am not um I'm not opposed to taking money from companies you know if they're a company that's doing good things in West Virginia I certainly would would uh you know would love to have their support but that that is a i would say that's probably the one area in my campaign right now that is uh, the weakest is uh, bringing in, you know, the the money needed in order to run a campaign. I just had to spend $2,000. What, what can we do to help you? Well, one of the biggest ways is, you know, I, I realize that everybody's got, you know, financial needs of their own. And so even a small gift that's given on a regular basis, you know, um, given monthly can be a huge help. Because knowing that I can count on um, certain do you things. you have a website? I do. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Give, send, go. Uh, it's, uh, no. So I, I do have a, um, uh, it's with, uh, Anna dot it's, um, but you can go to my, my main campaign site, um, Nate Kane, the number four wv.com. And there's a button up in the right hand uh, corner, uh, that will take you to the, uh, donation link. Um, you know, I've never been one that's been good at asking for money. And so that's something I'm having to learn how to do, but I, I definitely do need to raise some funds. Um, it's, it's expensive. We just put out um, With
6: all that door knocking. You're going to need a new pair of shoes. So
1: yeah, right. <laughs> well, we I took out. Um, I I I bought I bought um, just to give an example. I bought five thousand um, uh, door hangers. Okay, which is basically it's like a, a card that tells people about who I am and and what I believe in, and you know gives them a link to the site and all of that. And you know that that's not cheap. And and then I get to distribute those. Well, we we've almost gotten rid of all of them because we've been out there in force knocking on doors. That's one of the best ways I think in, in actually meeting people, but I'm also traveling a lot. Um, you know, unlike some States, you know, they may have like a a, a very small area that's condensed with lots of people. West Virginia is very rural. And so, mm-hmm. so it's a very, uh, it's a lot of driving, like for me to get to the furthest part of the district, it's five hours. I, I've, you know.
6: I've drove through your state many a times and I love it. Uh, yeah.
1: It's I, all mountains. Uh, I'm in
6: the. Mil- I was. I'm retired military, and I I went out to Belvoir. I, I can't even. I don't even remember all the training I've done out there in Virginia or yeah. Virginia and West Virginia. I, I I'm assuming that West and Virginia kind of look alike.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, Loki, they, Loki. They, Loki <laughs> I, I hate to I hate to cut you off, buddy, but we've still got three people I on the one, line, I and we're one, down to fourteen
6: I have one more minutes. question. I have one more question.
0: I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead.
6: Uh, what, what kind of military experience do you have, sir?
0: Uh, I served
1: in the uh, United States Army as a soldier uh, enlisted. Uh, I was a 74 Golf uh, telecommunications computer operator maintainer, did a tour in Korea unaccompanied for a year. And then um, you know, got back and spent my my final um I did three and a half years, um did my final year at uh Sidar in, in uh, Raven Rock, uh, Pennsylvania underground facility. Um I spent after I got out, I went to work for um what DISA year? uh that was uh 97 to 2000. And then um and then I went to work for um, DISA as a defense contractor and eventually was picked up as a Navy civilian. And I, I did nine years as a, you know, basically in, in civil service. Most of it with the Navy, and then I did uh, some time with the uh, as a Marine civilian with uh, Marfor Cyber. Was uh, part of a um, a cyber protection team. Uh, was one of the few civilians that was working with a bunch of um, Marines, and that was one of my favorite jobs I've ever worked. Uh, the one that I left to go work for the FBI. Um, but most of my career, I would say, has been working you. I with hear the you. Navy.
6: Yeah, I I wear a Marine Corps combat patch in the army. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always but, good to uh, meet other brothers. Well,
6: thank thank you so much for your service, and I appreciate your time. Thank you, thank you Zach.
0: Thank you, Lucky. You you. I love uh, you, brother. Had a
6: really good show tonight. Bye, bye. Now, appreciate
0: you. Have a great night. We'll see you. All right, next caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name?
5: Yes, this is Aaron Moriarty.
0: Aaron, welcome Aaron to the Aaron. program. Welcome to the program, Aaron. It's
5: great. I'm I'm watching you on this big screen you sent me and the ah. uh, little iMac. Awesome. I, I,
0: bet, I bet it looks. I only good. have two more
5: things <laughs> to. It does. I only have two more things to hook up. I don't can't figure out how to do it, but um, Nate, uh, I think that that you're going to make it because because here's here's what I'm seeing, Mr. Kane will be able to serve the people <laughs> that's great I love it I might, I might use that that's great yeah and and uh, along you. those lines i would I would suggest heavily using
1: memes uh, find yes. a, find
5: yourself a couple meme lords. I
1: need some people and- who are really good at creating memes to join my campaign I actually have a folder in my um in our, our database and it and it says let the meme wars begin and yet i don't yeah. have any memes to throw in there and i do need them because i agree mm-hmm. i think memes are a very effective way of getting a point across or, or getting you know um and, and it, it also is oh, effective yeah. at, at being able to deal with some really difficult issues in a kind of a comical mm-hmm. way yeah. Um, but yeah I, I would love it if anybody wants to help with that um on my website uh you can go and and click on um the contact area and then you know just drop me a note and let me know you know what your background is and and send me a couple of your work or you can also reach me on almost all of my um, social media it's nate Kane four wv on just about everything i mean i'm on everything from twitter facebook gab uh parlor uh true social um you name it and if you go there you can send me a direct message um i haven't disabled that yet because i'm not getting overwhelmed but, um, you can, you can reach me, reach out to me there as well, um, directly. So I would very, love to have some cool. people join my team that are, are memers. All right, a- Aaron, I think you can...
0: Aaron, we've only got 10 minutes left and we still got two people on the line. I still got to go through all the, the thank yous over on Foxhole. Uh, do you have a, right. a question for Nate that you want to get in before we move on?
5: Uh, no, all I want to say is I've been making bat memes with the '66 Batman, Adam West and uh, uh, Burt Ward. Mm-hmm. Nice, Robin, right on, Robin. Right all on. of the citizens have bat computers. Q woke up millions of on anons, world patriots, to help expose the deep state. Mm-hmm.
0: Right there on. Know. There's one. Good stuff.
5: Oh. All right, man. Take care. All right, love luck. you, brother. Good luck, Thanks. Nate.
0: Thank love you. you too. Bye bye. Talk to you soon. Peace. All right, and then caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name?
7: Give me one moment here to get this on. Greetings. Good evening. This is uh, Principal Enigma. How you doing?
0: Oh, Principal Enigma. It's good to hear from you, man. How you been?
7: Well, I've been uh, pretty much keeping my head in scripture for several months now.
0: Okay. Uh, well, nothing wrong with that.
7: Learning. Well, I, I had to uh, kind of take a break from politics. In fact, this connection with you tonight is the first connection I haven't even watched anything for like two and a half months. Wow. I I, I have been completely off the map when it comes to news, and uh, one of the main reasons I was calling tonight, well, number one, I apologize. I did not see your entire presentation, Nate, but I have seen some of your other work on on the web, and uh, I'm very impressed. Of course, I should be because you're on Red's program, so... (laughs) <laughs> pretty much anybody on <laughs> red pill Center's program is going to be worth watching uh at I least appreciate that's been that. my experience well i i'm i'm serious and i have i haven't even been doing any anything on true social but i did notice that they have the messaging app working
5: mm-hmm.
7: yeah they do are you yeah.
1: using that are you using that at all or is it I just do.
7: as nightmarish as an email address
1: No, um, I do, I do use it. So, um, I use the messaging, you know, pretty much on all of the different social media platforms I'm on. I would say true social Twitter and, um, Facebook are probably, uh, the ones that I see the most, but I do have, I believe I have it turned on, on everything. So if somebody sends me a message, um, you know, I will, always try to get back to them. If I don't um get back to them right away, it's probably because I'm under some extreme schedule. Like sure. this next month I've got I think we're going to hit 18 counties and th- these are all like meetings I'm going to go be talking to you know people at different places and and that that's going to be insane. So I need nah, to I can believe that. How about you, Zach?
0: Uh you know, I'm uh, I I I yeah, of course I accept messages on Truth Social. Uh, I'm back on Twitter now. Uh, and then, uh, also, uh, email and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, you know, by well, all means
7: social, that mess, that messaging on true social, is it any better than email address or is, is it just a well,
0: swamp? I mean, it's just, it's just a swamp, you know, I mean, uh, uh, if right. anything, I mean, it makes it more difficult because now there's another avenue for people to send messages, but you know, that's just the name of the game. You know I mean? You, you gotta try to uh, keep up with it and you don't get to reply to everybody, but, uh, it's nice to see messages for sure. Yeah, well, I
7: will. I will be sending something to you. Probably, I'll stick with Proton Mail. I don't know. Like okay. You probably get just swamped on there too, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I, actually, a lot more in Proton, but you know that, that's no problem either way. Was it? Is it easy to do searches on Proton? Yeah, yeah. I can if I know that I'm looking for an email from like a particular individual, or I know like what was in the right, title. Okay. Then yeah, I can I can search yeah. pretty <laughs> easily.
7: Same. Same is true in true social too. They got a search function on their messaging too, right? For you know, I,
0: I don't know. I actually don't know. I I did, the only t- I've only used it just you know very in a straightforward manner, like you know who, who's who sent a message and and that's it. Well, you got another caller behind me yet? I do. Yes. Yeah. I've got. Uh, I've okay. got well, Colin uh, on uh, the line too.
7: Let me make this real quick. Then I just I wanted to let you know I'm going to be trying to contact you. I I'm I, I've. There's a lot involved with this, and I just can't get into it over the phone in, in this okay. short time. But there's a lot of things that I'd like—I really need to talk to you about. Uh, one of the main things is podcasting. Uh, okay. I'm going to be coming into—I'm going to be coming into some money, hopefully within the next two to three months. And when I do, I'm going to be getting myself an an additional iMac, and it's probably going to be an iMac Pro. Okay. Um, okay. I'm, Probably going to be doing some coding and programming with that, but I'm also going to be wanting to do some podcasting, and I would really like to have some of your time if you would allow me to plug into you to get some advice.
0: Sure, I'll I'll be happy to give some advice. No problem.
7: All right, then I'll be contacting you probably through ProtonMail.
0: Okay, I'll be looking for it.
7: Probably awesome. what I'll do is send send five identical ones right after each other, so it's kind of hard to miss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be obvious. It'll be <laughs> obvious. Oh, okay. All right. Well, listen, have- Principal Enigma. I appreciate you, man, and I'll be looking for your message. Okay.
7: All right. You have a good evening, and and God bless your guest, Nate. You, I'm I'm sure. I, I wish I'd have seen the program all the way, but I know you do good do good work, and uh, maybe someday we'll get uh, to shake hands sometime.
1: I <laughs> Hope so. Excellent.
7: All, all right. right. Have a great you, night, brother.
0: God. Don't hey, be surprised hey, if I show
7: up on your doorstep in the next year. <laughs>
0: okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll be in Arizona. I'll be in Arizona this month if you can come. <laughs> oh, really? Where? Yeah, uh, in Chandler, where? Arizona, uh, at the at the Great American Restoration Tour uh, for Badlands okay, Media. Yeah,
7: that's only eighty miles away from where I live. I live in Star oh. Valley, just four miles east of Payson, Arizona. I live up in the mountains
0: okay. in the country. All right. Well, well, show up, dude. Show up, and we can totally shake hands. I can be a hug.
7: Yeah, I'll bring my binoculars so I can show you some stuff
0: in the stars. Okay,
7: I would love I'm it. Absolutely, I, I, I've got a hundred, hundred, uh, the hundred millimeter lenses in the front, and they magnify twenty five times.
0: Nice. Uh you, you
7: look at you look at the Andromeda galaxy with that; it fills the entire field of view.
0: Sweet, sweet, <laughs> awesome! I'd love anyway. to see it. Yes, you. All have right, a good brother. One. You too. I'll Play talk it. to you soon. Peace. All right, and finally. This is a caller I was hoping was going to be joining us tonight because of something that you had said earlier, Nate, about the uh, oath that our politicians take, and uh, all too often either they're completely uneducated about what's contained in that oath or what is Mm -hmm. in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. And my friend Colin here has for years been trying to put together an initiative to get politicians uh to pass a basic competency test when it comes to these That's things. That's a great Colin, idea. <laughs> it is a great idea, Colin. I was hoping you were going to be on the line tonight. I'm glad that you are here right now. Please introduce yourself to Nate.
8: Blessings, Nate. How are you doing tonight? I'm a little sleepy. I've been uh doing handling a few extra cases uh and fighting, you know, fighting the courts uh which are supposed to Actually, they're they're by oath, uh, which none of them know, to support the Constitution, Article Six, and the word right. "support" is very clear. You can't, you know, because I can defend you, but not believe in you or know anything about you. I that's can protect right. you, and not knowing, you know, you know, from the military, we defend and protect from enemies without as well as enemies within. And we clearly have enemies within, and this is one of the things so that's down. hard is to explain to Christians that we are an occupied nation. We have been, we are occupied, Um, but also just to clarify a few things that, uh, number one, you must know your target. I did, Hmm. you know, terror missile system in the the Navy. And the problem that a lot of people have too, is we love to point the finger at Congress and we love to point the finger at the government, you know, well, those are intrinsic things. They're just, they're, they're, they're nonsensical. What is, what matters is the people that are in those positions, that's the target and when I prayed about it for a long time, I guess it's been almost seven years now that um, God showed me turn a disadvantage into an advantage. So the disadvantage is that these people don't know the constitution yet they're required to when the constitution is the supreme law of the land, but we don't have any, what's called positive law. When we institute positive Of law that requires, I've actually uh, changed it to mandatory competency testing for outside, but the name of the the legislation, can you still hear me? Okay. Yes. The name of the legislation is continued competency training because it sounds nicer. But the idea is very simple, that before you get into the position, you have to pass the testing. And God was very clear. It was knowledge, which means memorization, understanding, and accurate use, now the accurate use part is for those who are deceptive and deceivers, they will be found out because when you give them a situation, what do you do in this situation? The guy's in his car and he's asleep and he's in the way of blah, blah, blah. You know the Wendy's thing, right? What do you do? Uh, you harass him for two hours and then finally end up shooting the guy. Or do you get him to park the car, park the car yourself and ask him he get a taxi cab and then see you in the morning? right? Which one serves the people best? So, uh, they're turning up the case. People don't know. They're really turning up the heat, um, on, on the people. You're not hearing about it, but it's, trust me, it's really happening bad. Um, and that's why I'm up sleepless nights because I'm working, you know, and they, in fact, uh, recently, both in the federal court and in a two state courts, um, even though I had full sign notarized and everything else, um, Power of attorney. Uh, I was rejected because I wasn't a member of the bar. So what does that tell you? All right, mm. you have a a socialist organization that has complete and absolute control over our judicial, and yeah. we cannot get anywhere if we have a judicial. We it, we you can't get justice when they yep. control the justice system. No, you're right. And so the point is, the point is, is that by requiring everyone, and this is again what what God had me say, not in office. Positions of public trust. Yes. Now, after I wrote it down, then I went and analyzed, it, and I'm like, "What do you? What is the deal?" Well, what he's showing me is that all corporations. I'm quoting Hale versus Hinkle, page seventy-five. All corporations are creatures of the state and presumed to be for the benefit of the public. They hold their charter and privileges subject to their charter and the laws of its creation, which means the state statutes, rules, regulations and the prohibitions of the Constitution, and all of that is underneath the public trust known as the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. If you know that and memorize that, that's the key. Well, here's the beauty. How many people work for a corporation? A lot. Every mm-hmm. single one of them will be required to pass the testing as well. Now you have the pub- Now you have the public who's knowledgeable and I've been doing this a long time, and I'm telling you, I've even had illiterate people become literate, and they stand taller because they know the law, even just one. I, was, mm-hmm. I went to my first Republican meeting, in my local meeting, and I quoted 18 U.S.C. 241. And uh, even though I didn't hear it real well because I kind of go into a, a zone, I was told that I got a very strong ovation within just quoting that one thing and telling them that the answer is in the law. Once you know the law, then you can apply the law. If you don't know how to mop a floor, you can't teach somebody to mop the floor. So it's the same kind of thing. Once you do that, it's a done deal. And here's why. It's aimed at the go-alongers to get alongers. Right now, it's like they will do the least amount that they have to do to get their paycheck. If you ask them to study, they're like, yeah, forget about it. I got other things to do. But if they have to keep their job, you know, like right now, they'll do something illegal to keep their job. So if they now have to know the law, they'll sit there and go, no, sir, uh, that's an unlawful order. And if you give it to me again, I know how to prosecute. And in fact, under 18 U.S.C. 4, I will have you arrested. OK, and um, as I, I tell people, this is not brag. I'm sharing the, how powerful the law is. There is not one person out there in the public that I cannot arrest in five minutes under 18 U.S.C. 4. Now, I also use 18 U.S.C. four. Colin,
0: I I, we're over time. So I want to get Nate's thoughts on this and I want to make sure that you guys have a way to get in touch with each other. So, Nate, Nate, I want to get uh, your your uh, your your thoughts on what uh, Colin is describing here. So, you know, it's interesting you mentioned
1: about the the judiciary and the the corruption within it. Um, When I came back after the um, I went down and helped out with the election integrity. Work. Um, I was asked by the White House to come down, and my focus was entirely on the law, understanding the law, understanding, uh, you know, and, and unfortunately, the, uh, many of the lawyers really did not uh, make their case on the basis of, you know, clear law, and that was, that was part of the problem, but also the judges, there were a lot of judges, there were 57 courts that um, did not allow evidentiary hearings and, and these were on cases that were going, you know, going on. And some of those cases maybe, um, you know, had some issues, but there were several that flat out, there were vo- violations of the law, specifically uh, as it related to the Civil Rights Act of 1968 and the requirements under the law for the retention of documents and not just documents. It says retention of all um, uh, of all records pertinent to voting in an election. So and they have to maintain those for, for two years. So that's any kind of electronics, you know, signatures, any kind of uh, digital evidence. Um, this would be your your ballots, your security envelopes, all of that stuff. And there were states like Georgia that basically were shredding them. Now those people should have all been put in jail.
2: Now,
5: mm-hmm. Why
1: weren't they? They they should have been put in jail. So so I agree with you. I think the law is um, you know the that is the thing that is being essentially ignored by the courts. Um, This is one of those things that I, and I don't know how, uh, if you, you, how long you've been watching the the show tonight, but I talked about earlier about the constitution affords Congress to establish an article one tribunal under uh, article one section eight. And, and it is in that place where they actually can appoint their own judges adjudicate agency uh, issues. And and I really do believe this is going to be something that's going to be necessary. It already exists. I mean, it's not like it's, it's never been used before we use it right now with the tax courts, but we need this because the current judges, I don't believe capable of dealing with now article one courts still are under the Supreme court, but what it does is it allows for the Congress to appoint these judges. And I think that, um, you know, they, and then they're not, permanent appointees are not for life. It's, um, you know, they they also can reduce uh, the salaries of the judges down to zero. So basically, once the court has accomplished what it needs to do, then they can basically reduce it down to zero and, and you know, shut it down. Because I do think that nothing should last forever, uh, especially when it's government. So I think that you've got to, you know, you've got to close down these courts once they've done their job. But it is it is something that I don't think anybody's talking about, and I think it's something we need to do. We need hearings. We need to see people actually be held accountable for violating, um, you know, our civil rights. Uh, there is a uh, federal law that has some pretty um, serious teeth to it, and uh, it deals with the it's the uh, deprivation of rights under color of law. And I think many of forty
8: one or two forty two. Sorry, say that again.
1: that 18 USC
8: 242, color of law. 18. Have you checked out 18 USC
1: 241? No, no, I'll, I'll check it out.
8: Yeah, that be more powerful. If two or more persons conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate any inhabitant in any state, territory, or commonwealth, or district in the free exercise or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured by the constitutional laws of the United States, shall be fined or imprisoned up to 10 years or both. And yes. if death occurs, hello, the shot. They we may have. be put to death. That's- I agree 100%. I, and,
1: and I think that, that issue on COVID, I think the evidence is out there. It's coming to bear. And I think we are going to need a court like this. I do believe there will need to be public trials. And I do believe there are going to be people who should be executed, especially yeah. for the people who have, who have, who have knowingly uh, did this, knowing that people were going to die from it. Absolutely. Are you aware uh, of the I,
0: Colin, we, we've we got to yeah. we've got to close out the show, but I want you to reach out to Nate through his campaign website, which is natekane the number four WV dot com, because that email that that goes to is the same email that I would hook you guys up on. But if you All reach right. out right now, then he'll have your info right away. And I think you guys will do beautiful things together.
8: Absolutely. Um, yeah, just real quick. Um, yeah, uh, of uh, I have def- I found the common law courts and the Supreme Court has said that that which the people has already determined, that court cannot do anything about. So that's really, really powerful just to share that with you.
0: Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Colin. It's always good to hear from you and a great way to end the show. Have a great night. Blessings. God bless. We'll see you. All right, let me go through these thank yous over here on the Foxhole. Uh, oh, and also on Buy Me a Coffee, Mermaid 13 said, Love you, Zach. Fab show. Glad you guys are enjoying it. See people over here in the Rumble chat are as well. And uh, we've got your brother, Campy Stabby, over there on Foxhole. Good to see hey. you, brother. Uh, let me say thank you to Puddin' Hollow. Thank you to Sean Joe. Sean Joe, 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 Sean Joe. A bunch of cookies. Thank you very much for those. Filter Dog One says, "Bro, you are legend." I don't know if you mean me or Nate, but I, I will take it either way because uh, this man certainly is a legend. Uh, Filter Dog One says, "Producers have taken advantage of these poor people." Uh, Elizabeth, oh, and that's talking about uh, certainly the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the people who have stolen those mineral rights from the people of West Virginia. Yeah. If there's any way that we could address that, you know, I think that that would be great. You know, I mean, like there's 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 plenty of abundance to go around. And I'm not a communist, you know, but I mean, people should not be taken advantage of and they should be able to get their fair. Well, these contract,
1: these contracts should not be in perpetuity. I think the state law, uh, they should address that by basically, you know, ending contracts in perpetuity uh, on mineral rights. So that that right there. I don't know that, you know, necessarily there's anything you can do about stuff that's already happened, but at least moving forward, um, you know, they should change the law. And they do this in Texas. I think, um, you know, they're they're like five or 10 years or
0: something like that as a maximum. There we go. Uh, Thank you to uh, Senezer for the cookie and Elizabeth G for for three cookies. DePatriot 1776 says, RP, take a trip home and come to our Michigan meetup on May 20th. I will not be able to come to the Michigan meetup on May 20th. Lisa and I are getting married uh, later this year. And Yay. so we have awesome. a lot of planning to do. I'm doing the event in uh, in Arizona, as I said, uh, this month, April. I believe it's the third weekend. Uh, I'll I'll put it out uh, like on my truth social and stuff, the specific dates. But uh, Great American Restoration Tour, you can search for it. You can find the dates. I believe that there are still some tickets available. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to be going anywhere else for the rest of the year. We've got to... Make sure that everything is on point for the wedding. Uh, and then uh, thank you to Fork Mando. Fork Mando says, thank you, Zach, for the show. Truth is alive and well. Elizabeth G., thank you for that cookie. Michelle Ann says, great show. Beach Bum Mermaid 13 says, best of luck. God bless. Hiya, Zach. And then also dropped a can. Liberty Bells says, much love, Red Pill 78. I love your streams. Thank you very much, Liberty Bells. It's always good to see you out there. Kansas Mudcat, one of my favorite names, (laughs) dropped a cookie. Thank you very much. Lynn's over it. Much love. Much love to you as well. Uh, Beach Bum and Mermaid dropped two cookies, three cookies, and she said Trump 2024. Elizabeth G., thank you for that cookie. Beach Bum and Mermaid also dropped a can porpoiseful with a cookie. Beach Bum and Mermaid with another cookie. Elizabeth G, thank you. And then she also says prayers up for Nate for success in his endeavors. And then Lynn's over it, dropped another cookie. Thank you so much to everybody. Nate, yes, you know, at the end of the show, I always like to ask my guests, what would you like the audience to take away from our conversation tonight?
1: I hope that people will take away. um, There was was a moment where I was talking about how, you know, we can't be saved by men. You know, men, are you know, God certainly will raise up people, but at the end of the day, um, he wants the credit, you know, for saving our nation. And mm-hmm. and I hope that people will remember that. Um, for those of you um, who who are still searching for God, I hope that you will find him and I will pray for you. And, uh, but I can tell you, uh, I've known many of people who found God by simply in the, you know, in the, the late night hours, they called out and they said, God, I don't know if you exist or not, but if you are out there, reveal yourself to me. I know many, many people that that is how they found God. And then God revealed himself. And, and, and now because of it, they have hope that, uh, you know, people who don't have uh, the Lord have, they, they have hope because they know no matter what happens, they know they have a secure future. And that has been the thing that has driven me and has given me the courage uh, to do the difficult thing when it was needed, was not knowledge and knowing that no matter what happens to me, they can kill me, they can um, you know, throw me in jail, doesn't matter. None of that uh, is permanent, but what is, is what happens to us after this life. And so yes. I just want to encourage everybody to make sure that you're right with God, make sure that you have a connection to Him, and that you have that relationship. So...
0: Absolutely. There is nothing that will grant you more peace while you're here on Earth than knowing that that relationship is sound and knowing what's going to happen when you leave and shuffle off this mortal coil. Uh, So I, too, am one of those people who uh, found God in the middle of the night, you know, came back to God. Uh, But definitely uh, when I asked for it, he proved himself to me and uh, it allowed me to— completely changed my life and so i encourage anybody else out there to uh, get right with him as well uh so nate i love you brother i am so excited about what you're doing and um, i'm very excited for the people of west virginia and for the rest of the country too because we got to shake some things up and take this nation back put it back on the right track because right now things are going down a dark course but despite the fact that things might look dark you guys please do not allow yourself to get black pilled, There is so much time. I mean, we are we're looking at a drop in the bucket right now in Mm. terms of uh, the total time span of history and the plans that God has for not only America, but planet Earth. So please uh, get out there, do your part and uh, determine what you can do in your local area. If it's running for Congress like Nate, that's awesome. If it's joining your local GOP, if it is uh, volunteering for somebody else's campaign, there are so many different things you can do. It's just going to be a personal thing that only you can determine what you're going to have the time for and uh, how much time you can put into it. But I guarantee you everybody has a couple of hours a week that you can devote to making sure that there is an America left for future generations. That's the most important thing. All right, Nate, thank you. As always, thank you to the audience. Uh, Thank you to everybody who donated to the show tonight. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I will be off tomorrow and then I'll be back on Monday for Red Pill News and then Baseless Conspiracies at 1030 on Badlands Media. So until that time, good luck, everyone, and God bless. We'll see you Monday.